that's different. No, no, that's that's normal. That's <laughs> that, normal. Well, back in the day, I mean, you got to realize, like, you had Craig Titus and Cormier. Those guys were partiers. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there it, it wasn't just, you know, anabolic drugs. It was recreational drugs, too. And when you get a bunch of guys with muscle and a bunch of girls with muscle and on a lot of androgens on both sides, <laughs> you're going to have some really kinky orgies. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're live. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. That must be that next level of muscle then, huh? That is, I, I don't have that next level of muscle. I was never successful enough to partake in, in large bodybuilding orgies. And what? hopefully one day I get to that level. What did you see exactly? Do you really want to know? I'm just curious. Like, what did you walk in, see, and then turn away? Well, I found out at that point that steroids do not make your penis smaller. <laughs> it was a large, I, I, I'm not going to say who it was. But um, I think you can say who it was when it's a large penis. If it's a small penis, it's like, I think we should keep it amongst each other. You know? Well, I mean, I think we've all moved on past those days. I don't know if they um, they want me to state who they were, but uh, yeah, it was um, it was uh, it was an act of um, of oral copulation. Is that oh, the proper terminology? I think so. Of a popular fitness girl at the time and a, a well known bodybuilder, and the guy made me feel insignificant in so many ways. Oh. Mm-hmm. He was larger than me everywhere. That's that old trip to the urinal. Yeah, but I saw it. I walked yeah. in and I, I just walked right out. I'm like, yeah, this is this isn't going to be a good look because I was like, I was like 21, just starting out at Weeder, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to get fired. And um, getting caught up in a in a hot bodybuilding orgy wasn't. I don't think my wife, my fiance at the time, <laughs> would have been too appreciative of that either. But we didn't have camera phones, so there were a lot more. I mean, now you can't have a private orgy. Well, no. Orgies aren't really private, but you can't have like if you have an orgy, it's going to be it's going to be on Snapchat or Instagram. It's going to be somewhere like it's getting out. You can't you can't have any covert orgies anymore. And that's what I don't like about social media. (laughs) (laughs) Because some people people have camera phones now. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, back in the day, you can have your orgies and now there's just no sense of privacy. Someone's going to sneak a selfie. Like, and there you are, just right there. I, I've uh, seen a lot of your posts uh, more recently, and then I saw a post probably maybe about three weeks ago, and I don't know if you were just, like, kidding or if it was serious, because you were like, all right, like, I got to pull back from this. I'm sorry. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kind of move on. And then the next five posts, you were right back. To- well, I, I, cur- I cut down with the cursing more. Mm. Um, but what I, what I found is that in this day and age, um, si- the, the term silence is deafening has become kind of the thing where if you don't have a position on something, they immediately assume you have the position they don't want you to have. Um, for example, with the black squares on uh, blackout. Oh, sorry. Should I drink this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Drink some creative. So Let's see what happens. Make me happy. Mindblower.com. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So is this going to make me smarter? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Hopefully it turns into a big orgy. Like I said, <laughs> We wash that down with some caffeine. We'll be good. <laughs> Should be perfect. <laughs> so what I found like with the whole blackout Tuesday thing is we as a company had to deal with something that companies never had to deal with in the eighties and nineties and even the two thousands, the early two thousands where companies are forced to take a stance. You like, for example, Lululemon, 
they've they're completely and i i'm wearing lulu shorts right now i love them they're my favorite 80 dollars pair of shorts that cost three dollars to make in china that i've ever owned in my life but my nikes you know like i posted hey i bought these new nike super reps all of a sudden the conservatives are like oh, i'll never wear nike because whatever so back in the day you didn't really have to worry about a political stance you came out with a good product and you sold it and that was what was wonderful about it now we had an issue where we wake up, and I had no idea this was going on. I, I didn't know there was going to be a blackout Tuesday. Um, but I saw black squares, and I immediately had no idea what it meant. I'm like, is Instagram glitching? And then my company kind of panics, our social media people, and they're like, what do we do? Because we have a di- very diverse um, staff. We have one girl who literally was marching with BLM at the beginning with Black Lives Matter, um, a white girl marching with BLM. So just put that in perspective. We have a lot of Trump people. We have a lot of liberals. We have we have a gamut. We, we don't hire based on we don't like have one opinion set. So we had to have this conversation and we decided as a company that, you know, I'm going to do the post um, where I'm going to, you know, I put something that was like, you know, uniting a Martin Luther King quote. You know, we all we came on different boats, but we're on the same ship, I believe, was the quote. And, you know, would I have posted it personally? You know what? I don't know. Um, I posted last um, my one of my companies, Ambrosia. We're we're my we're a minority owned company. You know, I have C T Fletcher, Mike Rashid, Shantor Body and myself. And so at one thing, you want to be unified as a company. So I posted on behalf of all my entities, but companies that didn't post, that just took a neutral stance or posted something that wasn't the black square, but was still kind of in that realm, they were basically outed and chastised for not posting it. So silence, you cannot be silent. You have to pick a side or you have to pick a stance. And no matter what you do, you're going to offend somebody, Mm -hmm. whether it's the right or the left. Cancel culture exists on both sides. Um, Look at NFL's ratings right now. I mean, they're down, what, 28% um, over the first week. And there's a lot of tangibles. There's less crowds, this and that. People don't know what's going on because uh, there's no preseason and things like that, too. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of variables. So when, you know, when conservatives try to dunk on the NFL, it's like, well, there's other. You can't just look at one number. Mm-hmm. So I, I do find that my opinions are pretty well thought out. Um Based on what I believe now, what, what do I believe? And I, I believe this is something that if you can't align with it, that's fine. Same reason I don't cancel Nike. If you don't align with my beliefs, please don't cancel me. But if you do, I understand, but silence, it, you just can't do it anymore. You can't just be an apolitical company. You have to have a stance because people want to see it. And I, I know you go through similar things. In mm-hmm. fact, I wanted to say this because in 2016, when you were, in your bodybuilding mode, and you're posting a lot of topless, really provocative pictures. I remember you posted a picture in a MAGA hat. It went nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was probably yeah, 18, maybe, yeah. 18, it was, it was whatever. And I remember seeing it, and I'm like, this bastard's crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is very polarizing. And I remember the comments were very polarizing. But your stance on it was like, hey, you know, we all have our opinions. We all have this. We all have that. We need to discuss it. And also somebody voted for him. It wasn't just me. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, it was yeah. Russians. But, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mail-in Russian voting. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, I think we need to embrace our differences. I think we need to discuss them in a very, you know, in a 
caring, logical fashion. And I, I don't believe in cancel culture on either side. So while I do have my, my opinions, I do try to be a little less in your face. And I try to discuss things more. And, you know, I've, I've learned to just block and move on more than ever. But I do think these are discussions we should have. And it shouldn't just be one sided. Yeah, I think uh, social media is uh, assisting in giving us rocket fuel to fight. You know, because if I if I start to have one preconceived notion from the time that I'm a kid that I believe a couple of things or I believe a couple of things that were passed on to me from my family members or my dad or whatever, I go and click on that. Well, now that's in my search history and now I'm being targeted and it's like, OK, clicked on a Trump thing. Now you now you're going to get fed this. Now you're going to get fed that you're going to get fed police officers on YouTube, you know, talking about the others, talking about the police side of things. Mm-hmm. Rather than ever seeing the other side of things. And I think it it creates a lot of tension because you might say, well, I don't understand how uh, people aren't seeing the other side. And we saw this in the uh, social dilemma, social dilemma movie mm-hmm. where they talked about, well, the other the other side is not being shown to a lot of people because you're getting fed. You mentioned Twitter uh, being an echo chamber. Yeah. And but all of social media, that's really what it is. It's an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. It's your CNN. It's your Fox News. It's whatever. Whatever they think that you want to digest, for the most part, is what they're trying to uh, deliver to you. And it's very easy to retweet, retweet, told you so, told you so, told you so. It's very easy to do that and to kind of fall into that. And I think it's kind of turning us into uh, like cybernetic organisms in, in a way. We're not putting maybe as much thought into things as we maybe should. Tons of tribalism. You know, people want to belong to a team. And you see that in a lot of things. You see that in religion. You see that in culture. You see that in nationalism, which I think is a good and bad thing. Uh, People want to belong. People want to feel superior. People want to feel like they're a part of a movement. They're a part of a group. And immediately, if you're not with them, you're against them. And that's a dangerous place to be mentally. Like, here's here's the story I tell is that, you know, I was pro-choice up until I was 39 years old. You know, my mom was a... you know, basically first generation American, you know, women's rights fought in the military and the Israeli defense force, extremely, extremely women. I'm a woman and she even changed her stance on it, by the way, long term. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, Because what happens in life is perspective. You change and pro-choice made sense to me. And I still understand the argument for it. I don't by any means think less of someone, but my wife had two miscarriages. So what does that do? It changes your perspective. You know, change your perspective on life, on things, on what you're looking at. And then I realized, you know, in my opinion and in the, my, my interpretation of the science, that's not just a fetus. That's a baby. So I became pro-life. Now, am I out trying to kill doctors who abort? Bit? No, I'm not. But. It changes and you can change your view on a lot of things. How many people have you seen say, you know what? I used to be a Democrat, but you know, I don't, I don't like what they're doing now. So now I'm voting for Trump or I, or the vice versa. You know, I hate Trump and I'm voting for, I don't care who the hell, even if they run a corpse, which they're basically doing. I mean, I don't care who they run against this guy. I'm voting. And I think that's a great thing is that when you can get out of your lane, when you can change lanes and you can actually look and see the other side, and that goes back to that kind of you know tunnel vision that you were talking about, when you're just shown one thing and you don't look, you don't read. Look, I am a capitalist. I love capitalism. I mean, meathead millionaire, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I've read books on, 
you know, the universal income. I've read books on socialism. I want to educate myself because maybe I'm not right. I don't have all the answers. None of us have all the answers. Bill Gates doesn't have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers and we got to keep learning. And what we have now is we have so much information that you almost have to choose what you want to learn. And then you just isolate yourself with your tribe. But that's the tough part, because just like we were watching in that documentary and even like I've even noticed it on my own feed, when you start looking up certain things, you're not you're you're only fed that. And then you start to think, oh, wow, I'm actually really correct. And then all the friends that you have around, you're also thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really difficult to actually try to seek out what the other side is thinking, because you're already thinking the other side is the enemy. It's, It's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know if a lot of people even know what it is the side they're on represents. You know, if my favorite is, and this has been going on since I was a kid, the man on the street interviews and they go and they're like, wait, who's the vice president? I think it was 80% of people. This is when Obama was in office, but I believe I saw a statistic. 80% of people didn't know Biden was the vice president. They couldn't name who the vice president was this back in before now. Like really, You, you don't know the number two dude or chick. In your country, you don't know this. Like the number two, like if the first guy dies, which they're all like 80 years old, they're all going to, there's a big chance, like based on just human life expectancy, (laughs) Biden and Trump are going (laughs) to die before the election. Like these guys are old. (laughs) Can't we have anybody under the age of 90 run for office? Like how old is Nancy Pelosi? She's right down the road. Like, dude, she's, isn't it crazy that Biden, like we're not young. We're in our, we're, we're a real man. We're 40, right? I'm 40. <laughs> I'm a real man. That's my favorite. But have you thought of like Biden's been in offense since before we were born and in our industry, we're considered fossils. <laughs> right. I, like, I mean, dude, that is old. That's super old. Like, would you go to a nursing home and be like, Hey bro, want to run the country? And they're like, yeah, okay. Let's get that guy. Like that doesn't even know where he is. Well, when did people start getting dementia? 65. Yeah. So let's have a president that's 75. Like, I don't think, I mean, your memory, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself is going to go. And most of the presidents that we've had aren't, don't appear to be super healthy, I guess, except for Obama. Have you thought of sending this? Yeah, send some mind bullets. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that would help. Do you feel it yet, by the way? um, I'm feeling good. But (laughs) I I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely awake. It could be the 500 milligrams of caffeine combined with this. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited. We got another five, ten minutes before it really (laughs) takes over your body. Uh, (laughs) And you turn into an internet troll. Then we have some of that bodybuilding porn. Um, The bodybuilding orgy is coming back. But, you know, my whole thing is... And and here's my problem with politics is politicians are dumb, but they found a way to make a lot of money doing nothing. The talented people, your Elon Musk's, your Mark Bell's, they're out in the private sector doing epic stuff, right? They're, they're creating things. This is exactly, we had the chief of police, the chief of police of Sacramento. This is exactly what he said. Yeah. He said exactly what you're saying. He's like, he's like, we're doing all the work. You know, he's like, my guys are doing the heavy lifting and the politicians get to kind of sit back and kind of say whatever they want. And they're not on the front lines every day. Now, why? And and another thing, like you look how much money they made. The senator from the, I think it was 1942 when Biden came in office as a senator or whatever. Like he's been in government for 46 years or some some crazy number, 42, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's old. Like it's a long time. And they make an average of what? I'd say between that time and now, probably his average, probably $180,000 a year. He's worth tens of millions of dollars. 
Like, think about all the kickbacks and the takes. His son's got a job with friggin' a country doing something. He doesn't know what he's doing. And then he literally openly, like, threatened the country to pull funding. And then there's a lot of shady stuff going on. And that's the one thing, if there's one redeeming thing about Trump. And I, I was, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Trump guy. I'm a, oh my God, look at the other guy, Trump guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, uh, <laughs> if you gave me a good option, I'd be the first one to pull the lever for someone else. But the one thing about Trump is he was already rich. Like a lot of these guys become rich in politics. Trump lost money. He moved down like nine places on the, what is it, Forbes 500. Like he lost a tremendous, like stupid money. Like the money we were talking about, what we would do for that money. Yeah. He lost that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, that conversation does not belong on this, uh, on this podcast. I don't, I don't think this is, this is, that's beyond bodybuilding orgies, but what would you guys do for a hundred million dollars? <laughs> because, because there is some really, really awesome. I do it right here. You, it does a hundred million. Like I'll do it for like five, like a hundred million. <laughs> Man, I'll do some really, really crazy stuff. I'll hey, even record it. You never know. Might be for <laughs> might be for twenty bucks. Twenty. <laughs> twenty dollars. You always want to. You always want to negotiate the price, right? Yeah. If you're starting at twenty, I started at hundred million. Where do we end up? Yeah, that's you know? right. That's right. Yeah, but you, you know, my my whole thing is I I love my country. You know, my my mom, you know, came here from. She was born in Poland, raised in Israel. We're first generation American. Didn't come from money. You know, grandfather is an escapee from Auschwitz in World War II. So I know the dangers of socialism and communism and and just tyranny. And that's why I'm so pro-Second Amendment. That's why I'm so pro-rights. That's why things like police states scare me. Because I lost my entire family due to that mindset. And that's why I look at the masks and the lack of science and and be like, oh, just put it on. I'm like, no, no. Just get in the bus, you know, and oh, that's a huge, how are you going to align? What? No, no, it's the same mindset. If you have no evidence to show that masks work or an overwhelming amount of evidence to show the contrary, and you're telling me to do it just because the government says to do it and there's no evidence to do it. You got to do it because everybody else is doing it. Yeah. But what, <laughs> but what about, well, the country's messed up because the Jews and then people mm-hmm. bought it. Mm-hmm. The same thinking that got us in, got all of my 6 million Jews killed. Okay, the same thinking is what we're doing here. And what scares me is that America is just sitting by and doing nothing about it. And it, and if you speak up about it, you want to kill grandma. I just want to see evidence. They've had since February to do a controlled study on masks and COVID. And not one controlled study. They prove they point to this this these um these masks the correlation data, right? They point to these um why why is the, the why is it kind of escaping my mind what they're called, but meta-analysis. They point these meta-analyses. That's opinion. Meta-analyses is taking existing data on related things and giving an opinion on it. I don't want opinion. I want some hard facts. And the fact of the matter is... They have zero information as it pertains to COVID-19, especially. And they have influenza. And influenza shows, without a shadow of a doubt, that cloth masks do nothing. They actually might hurt you because it hurts your immunity and it also, it just does a lot of things, the moisture buildup and you're breathing in your own things. And also viruses do virus stuff. And if you look at the curve in LA, when they mandated masks, that's when they had their spike. What has, what have uh, masks um, helped us get through in our history? Well, Bane. So he did the bad. Right. It's helped us with absolutely nothing is the point. And I think that people think that we can, I think, you know, our governor, uh, Governor Newsom, I think 
thinks that he can somehow have control over this. And I think that's the, that's a problem. You can't have a control. You can't have any control really over a virus. There's really not much you could do. I would say that if you were to lock down and not allow anyone to move at all, then maybe, but it's probably going to still be in circulation because somebody's going to break the rules somewhere and it's still going to be floating around. So as soon as you uh, lift a lockdown, People are going to start to get it again. The or, only way to yeah. get it is to is to actually get it. The only way to go through it is to get it. It's it's um all you're doing with lockdowns is is delaying the inevitable, and that's herd immunity. And the reason the death numbers are so high, if you believe the death numbers, being that we are incentivizing hospitals to label everything as COVID yeah. death, is um is because we forced old people, the most at risk population in the nursing homes in Democrat states. So you don't see like Tennessee didn't have that problem. Georgia didn't have that problem. We got it moved on. We have. We're, we're doing very well in Tennessee. Our economy is booming because everybody from New York and L.A. are moving there and hopefully they don't vote for the idiots they voted for here. And I'm not saying that voting red is the way. I hate Republicans equally. But right now, they're the ones who've done less stupid stuff. You know, and libertarianism's dead. There's no third party. We're a two-party country. Get over it. Don't yeah. vote for whoever that Joe Jorgensen. She's stupid, too. The Libertarian <laughs> Party's dead. We need to just scrap it. I used to be a... I was reading back, you know, Facebook does the memories on this day. I was reading back about in 2016. I'm like, I'm voting for Gary Johnson, libertarian. And then then he did the whole, what's Aleppo? And I'm like, this guy's a friggin' idiot. Wait, pause. You got to explain that. Okay, so in at the time in 2016... Um, if you guys weren't following it, we had some stuff going on in Syria and Aleppo, basically kids were getting blown up. It was like this, it was on every front page. Mm -hmm. And then someone asked Gary Johnson, who was the libertarian candidate versus Trump and Hillary. Um, so what's your thoughts on Aleppo? And he goes, well, what's Aleppo? I'm like, do you even like, do you even Google? Like, what's wrong with this guy? And, um, so there's no third party. So basically you're, you might as well not vote mm -hmm. if you're voting libertarian. It is what it is. So you got to pick a dog in the race. You got to go with it, you know? Um, and that's where we're at now is we're in a two party system and we're not changing it this election. So you mentioned, uh, some, uh, some inability to not voice your opinion, but yeah, that's exactly what we're doing here. And I would, ha I would have to disagree with you a little bit in terms of not being able to voice your opinion. I think you can in the long run. Yes. I think people are very reactionary right away. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see the inflammatory comments. You'll see the people unfollow, but then you'll get a population of people that start to follow you right that are that are new and that believe in some of those things. And so I think you can say some stuff. I think I think the idea that you can't say some stuff are is maybe uh is is probably true when it comes to uh finances, you know, like mm -hmm. if the rock made a particular statement. Yes. Like like how the rock and his whole family get COVID-19. I mean, you know, like how, how did they end up getting it? I mean, you can speculate that he wasn't wearing a mask or he didn't practice social distancing or whatever, the case, or he's working through it probably just like a lot of us are. Um, mm -hmm. And he can't really go, come out and say, hey, like I had it and it wasn't that big of a deal. He just is not in a position to do that if he if he doesn't want a, a ton of backlash from it. But if he wanted to actually voice his opinion, he could. He would lose a lot at first, but I think he would be fine later on. That's kind of my opinion on some of that. Uh, I think, you know, I actually... I wasn't, I was pretty apolitical. I mean, I, I was outspoken. I said what I thought, but I never really put it out there. Um, I don't know if you follow him. His name is Mike Cernovic on Twitter. He's mm -hmm. a, he, he did the hoax movie and he's the one who sued for the Epstein files. He's a really good yeah. dude. He actually lives out in Orange County and um, <laughs> we become friends. Bless you. We Thank become you. friends over the years and he's like, dude, she's like, just, 
honestly, Twitter, just just use it. I think it could help you because people want to hear what you hear. But here's what I've gotten. You know, if you stand for something, you get true engaged engagement. Like you get true people who actually will listen to you and you're more than just a tangible product. You know, you're something that you align with people. And I think it's almost good to choose size. A lot of people, and I hate to turn this into a capitalism thing. A lot of people have made a lot of money being political pundits, being on Twitter. Like look at the Hodge twins. Now they went from being, (laughs) we were talking about this this morning, dude, like, you know, they're, they've always been conservative. Like I told you a story this morning, like we're driving in, they used to live in Virginia, right up the road from me in North Carolina when I lived there. And I remember out of nowhere, Kevin just, we're sitting in the car, I'm driving. He goes into an anti-abortion rant. At that time, I was pro-choice. I'm like, and I, I don't want to sound weird, but like, you don't expect a fitness channel with two black twins to be going on a conservative rant. No, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, they're not faking it, but think about what they're doing now. Their following is huge. They're doing comedy shows. Um, they they have, they're selling more merch than you can count. Like they're living their, they're living their dream right now. And somehow they haven't aged. And I have. <laughs> like, is that a black thing? Do I not yes, understand? Yes, it is. Yeah, I think we, we, yeah, we've established that's that. That's not even fair. Kind of is, yeah. That's that's, that's privilege right there, man. <laughs> it's crazy. They look good. They look. They so, look good, dude. I'd hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta always take it there, Mark? <laughs> but no, I mean, if I was gay, I mean, yeah, no, nah, true, yeah. But but anyway, no. <laughs> but I mean, you it's know, the eyes, yeah, it's they, their eyes. They, Yo, they have beautiful eyes. eyes. But they're, they're some like they're really good friends. Like I've known them since again. But we came out you know, on YouTube back in the day, like there was right. Be, like there was groups that came in at the beginning. It was Louis Marco, Scooby and the twins. And then I came yeah, in. Yeah. And then after that, there was Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. You started blowing up on the scene. CT came in, took it to the next level. People don't understand like CT with that strength project thing. Like after that fitness, YouTube kind of fell on its own because the twins were the biggest thing. And I remember the twins talking about that like, dude, CT. That's the, he's the future of YouTube. I remember them saying that straight up. Wow. At Gold's Gym in Virginia, I remember him. You know, Keith is like, man, that CT. He's the big. He's gonna be the biggest thing on YouTube. I had YouTube since 2007. I was pumping out a good amount of content on there, and 2010 rolled around, and I was like, fuck this. I'm like, I've been doing this for like three or four years, and no one cares. So I'm like, I'm just gonna post a video here and there. Every once in a while, and that's right when it started to explode. <laughs> right when it started to swing back up. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was good timing. I mean, for for us, I, I hated YouTube. I still kind of. I, I still. I'm not. I'm not really a public guy. I like people, but my first inclination, and I really suffer on social media, is when I'm having a good time. I'm like, hey, I'm having a good time. I live in the moment, you know. And it's sometimes my wife will be like, you should probably get this. Like the kids are doing some epic shit right here. Like, right. Oh, I'm sorry, I said the S word. I'm trying not to. Um, I'm trying to stop. Bleep that out. Okay, so um, too late. <laughs> but it's it's um it's one of those things where YouTube for me, my partner who's who's not. Social. He's a business guy, Chad um, at Tiger Fitness MTS. He's we're partners in basically everything, you know. Um, so he's he's like, dude, you got to get on YouTube, and I'm like, why? He's like, because Google owns it. Like it's mm. it's Google with video. I'm like, man, YouTube's stupid. I don't want to do that. And he's like, just do a video. So I did a video on Oxy Elite Pro, and it was literally filmed on a potato. Like it had like a resolution <laughs> of like it was literally like a yeah. flip phone video. And next thing you know, it had like eighty thousand views. It was so easy to get views back in the day. Like I put a, like a set of curls and get eighty thousand views in the first two hours because there was no competition. Mm-hmm. 
And like to, uh, it's different now. I'd like to hear everyone's opinion on this. Uh, this is something I've been thinking about lately. Is um, So people kind of say that today's youth, you know, are a bunch of snowflakes and that people can't handle the truth. And that, you know, they, they there's kind of these common things you hear people continuing to say. And it's usually from people that are like our age. <laughs> yeah. But we got a guy in here that's 20. We got two guys in their 40s. We got someone in their 30s. And uh, you guys can play along with this game at home. But um I think that this could have happened in any era. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I think it's a social media thing. I think that social media has connected us all together, and you end up if you're in New Jersey, you end up reacting immediately to something uh, that happened in California, or if something happened in California, you react immediately to it um, in uh, you know in Canada or in uh, Europe or wherever, and, and we're connected in that way, and then. On top of that, like it's always social media has always had us connected, mm-hmm. but COVID-19 did something like a, a way different than anything we ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. Then with uh, a lens kind of zoomed in on everything, we had the George Floyd thing happen. And I think that things just really started to explode mm-hmm. on top of each other more so than, than ever. But when you look at our history, I mean, it, there's been times in our um, in just American history alone where there's kind of always been some crazy shit going on. There's always been turmoil. There's always been suffering. There's always been, uh, quote unquote, hard times. There's, you know, you had the Great Depression. Uh, we had things like the space race. We had, I mean, there's always like a bunch of different things going on. Even I know those things didn't happen at the same time. But imagine, you know, imagine if JFK is in office right now <laughs> and we had social media mm. and he got blasted. And then it, you know, turns out that he slept with Marilyn Monroe and it's like all, all these other crazy things, right? That you start to hear like, cause you can't, nowadays it's hard to have that stuff be private. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to contain all that stuff. So what do you guys think in terms of, do you think this could have kind of happened in any, any era? Do you think it's true or even fair to say that today's people kind of can't handle the truth and that they're snowflakes? You want to take this? Um, I have my opinions, but I, I want to hear yours. I, I agree with that in a, in a sense. And it is partially, it is actually a big reason. Social media is a big reason for it. An example of this is a friend of mine sent me a post that I think was on world star hip hop. That's gone viral. Um, and the comments are all like, Oh my God, this is crazy. This is racist. Blah, blah, blah. You guys have heard of Castro Simania? No. Castro Simania is this track athlete. Um, she, she competes. Oh yes. Yes. I, 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 I've never heard the name. I've only seen it written. Okay, got She's it. jacked, right? Oh, tremendously. Um, and the post on Worldstar, and which has also been posted on the Shade Room and a bunch of places, has millions of likes at this point, um, talks about how the racist organizations are trying to uh, not let Castor compete against women because mm. of whatever. And they want Castor to take um, testosterone blocking, you know, supplements wow. to, to be because she produces so much. Shit. Now, the post, this is a rough one because the post paints Castor as this is an absolute woman. Castor has an XY chromosome. Castor produces a lot of testosterone because of that. Mm. She's intersex, Mm -hmm. right? right? It's a very different situation. And I can understand biological women being pissed that. This individual that was born intersex that has an XY chromosome that produces an insane amount of testosterone is kicking their ass in every single race. Mm. It's not because she's black. If there is a white woman that had this same thing, they would. it's a weird situation for an organization to deal with because she's whooping everyone, right? But that 
be- because of the way the post was voiced, mm. right? Everyone now thinks it's because Caster is a black woman. It's a racist thing, etc. And the knee jerk reaction that everyone's taking is they're racist and everyone goes on with it until you do a quick Google search on Caster, find out like the specifics of what's going on. And then you're like, okay, maybe this isn't so racist. Maybe this is mm. actually a weird situation, but that's kind of what happens right now on social media. You see a post, you don't look more up on it, or most people don't look up more and they just believe what they're seeing and they share it with all their friends and they share it with all their friends. There's, there's everyone has a knee jerk reaction to everything mm-hmm. and they respond to everything with what you see at the moment. So I think it's how social is affecting us. It's mm-hmm. affecting how we look at things. And that's just a situation that, that, that kind of shows that. You're absolutely correct. There's there's a couple paths we go down. For one is it's all about money. You know, it's all it's it's not about if CNN's left or right leaning. They're 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 trying to back in the day. Now remember, I started at Weeder. I was in advertising. It's all about clicks. You just you put headlines out to get clicks. So it's more clicky when something's racist or somebody did something really wrong. Then hey, you know, Trump said something ambiguously. Um, whatever. You know, it has to be like Trump says that all black people are evil. <laughs> when you know, and that's. It, there's a lot of headlines yeah. that grab people in because they need that ad revenue. At the end of the day, it comes down to capitalism. Everybody's saying CNN socialists. No, nah, they're capitalist as hell. Mm-hmm. They are. Now, to get back to Mark's point, um, as far as what this happened, dude, you got to realize in 1862, and I always use this, James K. Polk just took over Mexico because he wanted to. He, uh, he was an imperialist. He wanted to get more land. You have to realize that George Washington, as president, marched troops into battle. Without tweeting or taking selfies while doing it. Um, presidents used to have duels. We had one president who was shot in a bar fight with a senator. Okay, he shot the senator. Oh, it's, it's all happened. Dude, things are crazy. Mm-hmm. The difference is, when before we had social media, we had local news. Local news didn't report what happened in New Jersey. We saw what happened in Sacramento or wherever you're living at the time. What we have now is proliferation, so it looks like there's a lot going on. For example, did you guys know that yesterday there was a pro, there was a rally and a counter protest for Trump ten minutes up the road? I didn't know it was here. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know it, <laughs> and and I saw it on Twitter. It's literally it's five minutes up the road, and a, a CHP officer, literally a, a protester, jumped on the car. And uh, he just drove and he I saw, yeah, you tweeted it. Yeah, yeah. and everyone screamed when the guy fell on the ground. Well, I mean, like, don't Whoa. jump on <laughs> cop cars. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a simple cop, And it was a white guy who jumped off the cop car. So, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, the guy's just stupid. You don't jump on cop cars. But anyway, what I'm getting at is social media proliferates. Mm-hmm. It makes everything in your backyard. It, it makes everything local. Yeah. Dude, the world's been crazy. In fact, I would say right now we're in the most civilized and rational and renaissance periods in the history of the world. We can look up information on our thumbs. We can literally go to a store and buy anything. If you don't want to go to the store, it gets delivered to your house. We have 350 million people. We have microaggressions in large cities. This is not the apocalypse. This is not the disassembly. And this is not the end of America. All this is is how it always was. Except with the more with information that spreads easier. There's nothing immoral. We're not turning into Satan. You know, the devil's not taking over. Dude, people are still good. I know you guys get around. You've been to trade shows. I've shooken hands. I've met thousands and thousands of people of every nationality. I've been to other countries. I've people are good. You see the vocal the vocal minority when i say minority i'm talking less than a half a percent these protests these riots it's a hundred people 
Okay, mm-hmm. I was at a soccer tournament for my son in Alabama a week and a half ago, right? Check it out. I was talking to their dad. I'm like, if we took all the parents here, we'd have literally triple the people of one of these riots. It's, it's a small group. 50 people in a ball, if we were to spread them out, doesn't look like anything. There are more people in Walmart last night. <laughs> We could have taken over the city. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is, I mean, the world is not ending. People need to get off that. It's all sensationalization. We're just reading about it. It hits us. And again, we're in Sacramento. My wife's like, are you okay? I'm like, wait, really? Yeah. (laughs) Now my wife's in the Brentwood bubble, man. She doesn't know what's going on, man. She's just sitting back on her hill, walking her golden doodle. Oh, those are great dogs. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah, they're great dogs. They don't shed. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, dude, my wife, you know, she, like, she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. But so that's where I'm getting non, at. Is that non-allergenic uh, dog that doesn't shed. That's, that's the kind of world that we're in. You know that's, what I mean? that's, and they're that's cute. That's my privilege. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, my, in, in the contract, it's like every white person gets a golden doodle. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, this makes me feel hella bad because I wanted a golden doodle. You, no, you know, Simeon has one. Simeon Panda. And it's kind of it's making me mad. Everybody's getting a golden doodle. doodle. You got to get one. One. I think you've made it in life if you get it because they're expensive. They're like three G's. I know. I'm like, dude, I'm spending three <laughs> oh can. Want to give me a golden doodle? <laughs> sure. Yes. I think that's there a good you idea. Go. Get it on there. But, but I, I think, as long as it has its own Instagram. <laughs> yes. But I, I, honestly, honestly, I think all of us are. We're very optimistic people. Like we're all successful. I think it comes down to mindset. I see the best in people. I see the good in people. I love my country. I love. I love Actually, my fellow you know citizens. We'll just put it out here right now. You bring back a championship, you got yourself a golden doodle. Oh, there you go. There we go. All right. That's sick. Hey, you know what? I'll I'll chip in on that. I'd like to chip in on that. I'd like to have my name on that card. Okay. Yes. Okay. Dope. Mm -hmm. Dope. That's cool. Uh, And uh, the name of the dog will be uh, Mark Smelly Lowblind. (laughs) Mark with with a K. Yeah. It'll it'll be a nice, like, that'll be a good looking dog. It will be. It will be. But but I I think we're we're all very positive people. And I love, look, I love people. It's like, gotta be, it's gotta be a championship belt though. We need, we need a, we need a belt. We need a championship <laughs> belt. So yeah. Belt. We hang up right here. Right. It's gotta yeah. be a belt. Yeah. If you don't have a belt, it really doesn't count. Yeah. Not a black belt. Not, we, don't, we, don't, <laughs> we, don't, we don't care about the color. We just need a, you know, a cha- belt. championship belt. Yeah. Actually. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with it. I think the golden doodle is the perfect. You're going to love that dog. I know. They're so smart. They are. Everybody here should buy a golden doodle. Just, just, uh, but not too many. Cause I don't want you like tigerfitness.com. We're <laughs> <laughs> start breeding dogs now. <laughs> but, Andrew, what you got on this topic, buddy? Yeah. Uh, so well, I'm thinking, I know we have like the, the fear mongering, right? We got to scare people into clicking cause we need ad revenue. But my thought was like, well, shit, if I get the newspaper once a week and I hear in New York and I'm in California, uh, like people are dying left and right. Like, holy shit, what am I going to do? And I remember being a kid thinking like, Am I the only one that thinks this way? But with social media now, you can watch podcasts like this, like, oh, shit, Mark Lobliner thinks exactly the way I do. I'm not crazy, or maybe I am. But at least, <laughs> at least now, I, I, I know when I'm speaking to somebody and I'm saying, like, dude, I think this mask thing's bullshit, you're no longer outed as the crazy person because you can say, like, look, I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of thinking of the, uh, the more of the positive side of which, you know, it helps you kind of find your... Um, you know, uh, I guess your your group of people that you can kind of connect with, and you have the same thought process. Because without that, you'd yeah, you'd just be outed and be like, dude, that guy's crazy. Like, don't listen to him. But now it's like, okay, shit. All right, 
actually there is a big uh you know demographic of people that think this way maybe i can look into it and figure out whether or not he is full of shit or maybe there's something to that if this many people are talking about it you know if mark's having this many people on the podcast saying that the uh, the pandemic or the case demic was all like you know kind of bullshit why are all these people saying this Okay, I need to look into it now. Now, I know a lot of people aren't really interested in looking into it. They just want to be fed information. But still, at least it kind of gives other people, you know, just like an, an idea to at least look something up on their own, you know, on themselves. And they can, you know, I know social media is kind of like dog shit sometimes, but at least it will give them an outlet or some form or form of uh, just a different way of bringing in more information. I think, you know, we have a tendency to, to talk about, uh, the younger generation, you know, in between, I guess, like 18 and 30. Mm -hmm. And we have a tendency to to always blame that generation, no matter what decade we're in. We're yeah. always like, ah, these young people, you know. Yeah, music today sucks. Yeah, they're causing all these problems and, and all these different <laughs> things, right? Yeah. And we see it happen uh, time and time again. But I know from my own experience, and maybe you can share yours as well, but... Mm -hmm. My grandfather at the age of 20, you know, he, he built his own house, like with his friend, him and his buddy, like they built their own home and he had two or three kids already by the time, you know, by the time it was all said and done, he had like wow. nine kids. I don't know. I don't know anything about building anything. He built his own car. You know, my dad, when he was uh, 24, 25, my dad went to college and immediately after college, um, my uh, mom and him. Uh, had their first son and they bought a home like I didn't have I didn't even have any money to figure out how to buy a home until I was like 35 yeah. you know so I think uh, we are moving ahead from a technological standpoint and I didn't have to pick up a hammer probably because my grandfather did yeah. but what's your experience because I think I think what we do see from today's youth is maybe just a lack of experience because they're maybe not getting into uh, as many jobs and as many things and maybe they're uh, more on their phone and more into technology and more into some things that we're not used to and things that are just maybe a little different than what we grew up with. I, I mean, you're seeing an evolution of society through technology. Video killed the radio star, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like at the end of the day, I think the kids these days between 18 and 30, and I don't know the age demographic of who you have working at this beautiful facility, but, you know, with so, as someone who employs dozens of people, um, a lot of them are between 18 and 30. I'll tell you what, man, I'll take Seth in my warehouse. I'll take him to battle any day of the week. You know, Tyler, I was, I, I, the, the guy came from Skyline Chili. He was a manager and he's a rock star, you know? Um, and then I've, I've had older people that I've had to let go because they don't have that work ethic. I think it depends on upbringing. I think it's the same as any generation, you know, in the sixties, they're rolling in their own poop at Woodstock during a pandemic, by the way, without any masks on <laughs> now. I've done the pandemic thing, but I've never rolled around in poop, yeah. but the night's still young. So what I'm, what I'm saying is the, the younger generation, they're learning just like it took me 39 years to figure out that I'm pro-life every day of your life. By the way, this stuff's freaking awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready to recite some War and Peace yeah. and read some poems and stuff. It's we'll going to sell it on Tiger Fitness. We should. You know what? I'll pick it up today. We'll pair it up. Yep. Uh-huh. 80% <laughs> off. Got it. Thanks for this. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do this. Hey, whatever business. you want, man. You went to school for marketing. I didn't. Never do business with a Jew, bro. I'm telling you. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. All right. We'll he is one. So we'll have to let go of Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that's but, how you counter it. You, you fire yours back at yeah. theirs. Yeah, it's the 
Illuminati, bro. We own Hollywood, too. That's right. Um, Next but, post, Mark uh, Lobliner is anti-Semitic. I'm an anti-Semitic. Well, I've been called a Nazi before, which is the most ironic thing. That's like when they called, um, what, they used to play football, uh, Burgess Owens, or whatever his name is. They called him a white supremacist, even though he's a black congressman. I'm like, did you think this one through? <laughs> I wonder, like, hey, I wonder what, Clayton Bigsby. I wonder, yeah. I wonder what, what haven't you been called? Oh, God. The, well, I mean, you can make fun People of my arms. troll on you pretty good. And they should. I have a lot of things to troll about. I would, too. Um, it doesn't affect me. Any. It did in the beginning. But what I'm getting at is it, it comes down to every generation. It comes down to parenting. It comes down to learning yourself. Some kids take longer to learn themselves. Some take longer to get out. Uh, even when I went to school, we had some 26-year-old sophomores, you know, in college. You know, at the end of the day, my, my kids are on their path. My neighbor's kids are on their path. One thing I've seen is it, it, across all races, socioeconomic, whatever it is, what I've found is that when a, when a household, and whether it's single parent or dual parent, when a household has an influence of a, a strong woman and a strong man, it usually leads to a strong person. And that that is not a shot at anybody. That's just my, it's statistically backed. You know, and I think if kids are raised with love and also, you know, some boundaries, they're bound, they're destined to have success. And obviously my kids are still developing. I'm hoping they turn out really well. So far, so good. And that's what it comes down to. Whatever age you are listening to this, you have kids. You know, I speak to men because I'm a man and women are much more maternal, much more caring, at least than me. I'm really crappy at that. But you know what? At the end of the day, if parents love their kids, they show them attention. And it doesn't matter if you have five dollars or five million dollars. You know, love is priceless. Love is love is something you can't put a cost on. And if you show the kids the example, if you live your life exemplary and if you teach your kids morals, ethics and values and you teach them the value of hard work and they see you working hard. And that's where you can't blame the 18 to 30 generation because they're just a mirror image of that generation before them. They're a mirror image of us and the people who came before us, the Gen X, the Gen Y, and the millennials. That's who those kids are. So it's up to the generation prior to give them those. You can never say, oh, this, these kids. <laughs> well, who, who gave them those? It's, you're, you're a mirror of your parents. These kids are on their phone all the time. Hold on, I got to make one more post. Oh. <laughs> I see. I see it uh, again. It's like the kids are on the phone because they see their parents on the phone. Yeah, right. You know, I see it. I see it at soccer practice. I see it. At no, no, but games. I'm doing it for work. Yeah. I, I'm emailing somebody. Different. Yeah, it's different. I'm not looking at SpongeBob. When when I'm the only time I have my phone during a <laughs> soccer game is when I'm filming. You know, because I want to see my kids do epic stuff. The only time, and you know, I suck at tutoring. My wife does too, but we do our best. Mm -hmm. And. I mean, as parents, again, it comes down societally. If we can fix the family unit, and that was my big falling out. I hate to bring, I don't know, but that was my, the one thing that when I saw the Black Lives Matter site, I'm like, this isn't for me, is they don't like the nuclear family. Yeah, they don't. And, and I am a huge fan of the nuclear family. I'm a huge fan, and I've been, and you know, a lot of marriages fall apart, and my wife and I have had our problems. We've been separated, but we stayed together because we believe so much in the nuclear family. We fixed it, went to counseling. You know, so, you know, I speak from experience, you know, it's about the family unit. I'm not saying you can't have a phenomenal kid come from a single parent house. It's just harder. It is statistically speaking, not like masks I actually have data to back me up on this. Statistically speaking, it's harder. So that's my rant on that. Well, and also I think, uh, what we mentioned yesterday, um, when I asked you about your background, I've immediately thought to myself, like, 
that's pretty badass that he was able to kind of make it through that stuff. But then the next question I asked you was, did you have love? And you're like, yeah, I had plenty of it. Oh, yeah. You, you know what? Sometimes life then it all out. made Then it all made sense. It's like, okay, well, fuck, man. If, as long as you got that, that, that's the main ingredient that we need. You know what? And, and also, you look back and you realize that we talked about this. And, and it, it's hard for me to talk about because I, I cry really easy. So if I cry, it's because of this. This makes you cry. Um <laughs> At the end of the day, um, you know, my parents were good people who just life didn't work well for them. You know, drug addiction is a disease. And my mother's drug addiction was caused by multiple compounding issues, was caused by injury while in the military, was caused by injury in a car accident and um, and caused by PTSD. And that's what led her. And also doctors just prescribing these narcotics, these opiates to cure that pain instead she of addressing more, it. She had more pain than most people and wasn't sure how to cope with it. This is a woman who came to this country with nothing. This is a woman who went back to serve in the military in her home country. This is a woman who put herself through most of college, didn't finish, but then started a business and employed dozens of people at a local cookie store in Simi Valley, California called the Gookie Cookie Company. Right now, she'd be canceled for the name Gookie. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, this is oh. a... Yeah. <laughs> Caught it. You got it. Got it. Yeah, All you right. take off the IE. It's not a good word. But um, at the time, it was perfectly good. But I mean, at the end of the day, my mom's a good person. And she did the best she could. And my father, again, type 2 diabetes, you know, he became sick. These are two loving people. And at the time, I just hated them, you know, because I was wondering why my life was so bad, you know, and everybody else seems to be killing it. And I'm over here, you know, pulling knives out of my mom's hand and, you know, worried about suicide, worried about my own safety. And now I look back and I'm like, you know what? Perspective is everything. And sometimes... People just can't handle what life throws at them. And we've both lost people close to us due to addiction. And it's one of those things where my father, great man. So I, I wouldn't trade my upbringing for anything because it gives me perspective and it made me who I am. My goal is to give my kids that same kind of love and affection without the side effects of what my parents gave to me. And that should be every parent's goal is to make your child's life, make their success, make their future better than yours. And that's where I wouldn't, you can't change your past. You can't change what happened in, I can't change the fact that my grandfather was in Auschwitz. I can't change the fact that my mom was a drug addict. But there's a book out there out there called Choice Theory. I don't know if you've read it. I believe it's Robert Glasner. I've heard of it before. Great book. Everyone should read Choice Theory, at least get the audiobook. Choice Theory. Glasner, I believe, is the author. And it's basically one of those where you can't change the past. You basically, you have to just move on. You make that choice. There's schools that have been founded in choice theory. And I live my life by choice theory because I can't change the mistakes I made when I was 18. I can't change uh, something I said when I was 15. But I can repent for it. And there it is. Is that's it a really? I, is it Glasner? Did I get it right? Uh, yes! Yeah. Um, that's a really powerful thing to know and to understand. Like... This is what happened, you know. This is the, what I did. This is the way I acted. Yeah, you know. And and now now, what are you going to do to uh, work on it moving forward? You know. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I've done in the past where, you know, I don't regret anything I've done because it's led to who I am. And that's why I'm like these guys are like, oh, you regret that? No, no, because you wouldn't be the person you are if you didn't do that stupid stuff back in the day. I didn't do as much stupid stuff as a lot of people because I was broke. 
Mm. I didn't drink in college. I couldn't afford it, you know? So it's like, for me, that was a blessing. Mm -hmm. I got school done really fast. I started my career at Weeder at 19 years old. So I was fortunate to have to move out and figure the hell out what I'm going to do in my life. And my kids, like, they, they want a scholarship for say, they really want my, my daughter wants to go to the Olympics. There's more of a chance of us being hit by a COVID lightning bolt. You know, it's like crazy, but I'm not going to hold her back on that. Right. You know, like we have, they don't have to do anything. They do it because they're driven and they want to, and they have great work ethic. And I think that's because, I mean, we have stuff like, right. Like we could probably liquidate and probably retire. I know if I just sold my stuff, I'd. I don't have to work again, but I don't think we've finished. I don't think I've, I've instilled enough of those values in my kids. And honestly, I'm indebted to my employees because they bust their ass, you know, and I am not going to shortchange them on this. So, and to, and to yourself, yeah, you know, to continue to prove like you're just, to me, it's always like just proving yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to yourself and not really too worried about how I compare or match up to you or micro sheet or whoever, just continue to work on myself and I'm just going to see where I can end up. I'm going to correct you there. None of us will ever compare to Mike Rashid. He's the coolest guy I know. Like seriously, everything you were talking yesterday, everything he does is smooth. It really like, is. He farts <laughs> smooth. Like, like man, that was a smooth fart, man. Your fart. That was the most Actually, true. Mike, that smelled pretty good too. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. So it was pretty nice. Well, he, th- just like he, he's got to be like the just changing time. Like Mike Rashid is. Uh, if you guys don't know Mike, he's phenomenal. He's one of my business partners, and um, but Mike is just the coolest man I've ever known in my life. Like if I was like, and he looks cool. Like he has the look, mm-hmm. he has like, and he can fight. So you can't yeah, even talk he, trash. He, about he, him. Yeah. He also looks like there's absolutely no reason to mess with that guy. Maybe you don't even joke around too much with him, which he has a great sense of humor. But Phenomenal. if you don't know him, you're like, I, I you know, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to test the waters. I was, uh, we were both Remember, actually uh, Kenny KO. Yep. Yeah. Kenny KO was like, that's the one guy that I messed up with. <laughs> He's like, I talk shit on everybody. He's like, it's like, I messed up. With yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, I can tell that story. But Mike, Mike's just a—he's a great guy. You know, he's just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. But you know, with the Kenny Ko thing, it was funny because Kenny came up. He was talking to—we was at our Ambrosia booth, right? And um, I'm standing there talking to Kenny, and Mike called him out while he's talking to me. I felt bad because Kenny came to talk to me. Then I thought Kenny was going to die. So <laughs> when we were—we were both. Uh, I was boxing. Mike was really boxing. I was boxing, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're both in Australia touring Australia, and we both had our gloves. He's like. Hey man, uh, if, if you want, I we can spar a little. I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, no, I'll go easy. I'm like, no, you won't. I'm like, and I saw him hit a heavy bag once. I swear to God, I heard a cry. Like in the bag, like he's like, it's so quick and he's so pow. I'm like, okay, this is like, he's just the guy. Like, I'm just glad he's on my team. (laughs) Has he been boxing since he was a kid or was that? Since he was like 11 years old and he has like hundreds of fights when he was a kid. And like, I see he he had video. He hasn't, he he never posted it. Like on his phone, we're flying back from Australia. He's like, bro, I'm like, do you have any old videos? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you were you were even cool when you were eleven. Like you were beating people up and like again he used like to train like with like Mayweather's team or something, right, or something like that. Or he had some really good coach or something. I can't has, remember. But he's had. I mean, because I was there when he did his camp for his last pro fight that lasted fifty one seconds, and that dude literally got hit once and it didn't even knock him out. I think he's just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm out. I don't want to get hit again. <laughs> but yeah, he's just and he's awkward too. He like he fights offline. Mm. And it, it's the craziest thing. But, yeah, there's certain things you can't be in that's as cool as Mike Rashid. Except CT. CT is the coolest man ever lived. Yeah. 
That is true. He is. He is. Yeah, he's got a. Well, maybe Mike could get there because. Oh yeah, yeah he's maybe he's older. Twenty years. In twenty years, <laughs> Mike will be. Mike will be a more uh, a, a more aggressive CT. <laughs> but I took you off the Kenny Ko track you were mentioning oh, at the. Yeah, and, and I'm like, and Mike Mike sees him, and Mike's like, hey, you get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, Kenny, I'm, I love you, man, but you, you should probably go <laughs> like really fast. <laughs> but Mike Mike is again, but he's a he's a man of uh, of honor, like you know the whole Buendia thing, and I don't want to. He doesn't like when I bring it up, but that was an honor thing. And that's, you don't find people who are openly male like that. He's unapologetically masculine. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Yes. We need masculinity. There's no the toxic masculinity is making fun of someone because there's something that's toxic. But being manly and paying your bills and standing up for honor. That's a good thing. And we need more of that. We need more masculinity in this world. We don't. That's, that's what's happening. Have you seen these Antifa people? Definitely not masculine. Have you seen them try and fight? <laughs> like, like, dude, I'm like, that, that's, that's what happens when you don't have male role models. Yeah. Is you get Antifa. Like, have you seen their mug shots? What, the, what are the, are these humans? Like, so I'm, I'm like, that's, that's why you need strong males in the world. You know, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. What did you do when you were younger to kind of, um, keep a positive mindset your mom's on drugs how old was your dad when or how old were you when your when your dad passed away he passed when i was in my 20s early 20s but he um he was really sick 16 is when it really went downhill mm-hmm. but he used to travel so a lot of it was just my mom i would be i raised myself for a lot of my life because my mom was in and out of rehab and mental institutions so like my weekends were spent in the mental hospital you know i'd go visit my mom and you know talk to crazy people and um learn why i didn't want to go honestly i had terrible anger issues um i got in bad street problems um i hung out with the wrong group committed crimes you know, um, lucky for me, and this is, um, this is my, so I knew in, it was when I was 13 and my dad was on the road and I remember I was, I knew that I wasn't going to get into school. Um, I was because due to my brain, I just couldn't at that time. And this you is mean not, like you weren't going to move forward to college and here's or why. something like that. And I'm going to tell you my rationale at the time. There's not by any means bringing up anything political at the time, the UC system, which is what, you know, I was would probably they weren't accepting any whites or Asians because of affirmative action at the time. Mm. So that's my rationale. I'm like, I got to get good at a sport. <laughs> so mm. that I was playing baseball. I was the ninth man. I was the expendable one. That wasn't my, I didn't have the gift. I didn't have that skill. And these kids were better than me. Mm. So that's when I went all into football and I was a, um, coming off, you know, sitting the bench as a, um, as a sophomore on the JV team. And the coach said to me, he said, low blind, you're not going to play a lick if you don't lift. That time I was 170, whatever, just, I sucked. I was, I was, I was piss poor. And, um, there was a coach there. His name was coach miles, coach Cornell miles. And he was a minister, just great guy. And Leon Hatton outside linebacker. Um, he was supposed to do good the next year. You know, he was going to be a senior. I was going to be a junior. And I'm like, after like our team training session, they used to train afterwards on their own. I'm like, I want to train with you guys. And here's two, like, Leon's like 6'1", 220, just, and Coach Miles is 6'4", you know, 300 pounds, just a big Jesus. dude, repping 405 on bench like it's 135, like one of those dudes, right? Just that that guy, right? Like, and, you know, and I walk up, and here's this little white kid, you know, 5'7", <laughs> 170. I'm like, guys, I want to train with you. Like you want to what? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm going to start next year as a junior. I'm going to start on varsity. 
They're like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm like, all right, if you can hang with us today, you could train with us. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm like, well, what are we doing? Like, well, if you can hang with us on incline bench press. Oh. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So I hung with them. And uh, that, was, that was my turning point in my life. Like, that was it. Um, it was Coach Miles and Leon Hatton. I still haven't, I haven't talked to Leon since my <laughs> senior year in high school. I can't find him. The dude doesn't even have social media. Like, he went <laughs> ghost. Coach Miles, old school, you know, um, he's not. He's not playing on his phone. <laughs> you know, but, and they, they took me in. Leon and I would train till 7 p.m. every night. Did they allow you to kind of use your own weight or did they force yeah. you to kind of use what they were trying to use and stuff like that? Like, did they try to like really kill Oh, yeah. Kill yeah, you? They, they tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it was they were trying to kill the white kid that day. <laughs> oh, he, he thinks he can. But I would, too. They're like, he thinks he can hang with us? All right. So I pushed through it. The next year, I literally gained in three months. I went from 170 to 240 pounds. Started. You want to explain that yeah. real quick? I didn't know. So I, they, I, I got drug you found tested. Found a bag of D ball something. <laughs> so I didn't know what steroids were at the time. Honestly, I had no idea. I just knew they had McGuire at the time, and I had yeah. no idea what steroids. I thought steroids were something your food get contaminated with. So I'm like, shit. I think I caught steroids. They're like, so so my dad's like, why don't you just get a? I wish it was that easy. <laughs> oh my god! I, I thought I, thought, I can't so shake it. I can't stop growing <laughs> muscle. I thought, I thought steroids was like COVID, bro. I'm like, it, and, would, uh, it would be like when your kid gets chicken pox. Like, oh, everybody come over. Let's yeah, all, let's all get yeah, it right yeah, now. And, get and, it out of the way. So, let's, let's all so get it. it turns out, I, you know, when I started training, something happened where I had some like, hypergonadism type thing going on. My body started releasing testosterone. Went from 170 to 240. Had acne, and I literally was just jacked. I've posted pictures of myself at that. I was jacked. You know, I was like, wow. So I came in, started the next year and, you know, kept lifting with them. But that was my turning point, you know, and, you know, you look at, you want to be that kid, that person in a kid's life. If it wasn't for Coach Miles and Leon right now, I would either be dead or in a really bad spot. And then, of course, when I was 16, I met my wife and she kind of steered me even straighter. And uh, those are my two, two turning points was your football coach like a like an actual like mentor or was it just kind of that one single thing of like hey you got to lift and you lifted with him and stuff or did you have he was a reverend and uh leon hatton was just an upperclassman and i looked up to him and we only knew each other through training we didn't hang out but when we were training and every saturday we had this not every saturday we'd go a lot like go to his grandma's house she'd make us fried chicken then afterwards go to roscoe's chicken and waffles like i was like we we were we became that sounds amazing it was, it, was a, it was a great life um but we became really good like really good training friends so to speak mm. like we didn't hang out we ro we rolled in two different groups but we didn't have time we were busy training he wanted to go d1 i wanted to get the hell out of my situation. So those are, that's why when I'm like, I want to get into coaching after all this is done, because if it wasn't for coach miles, if it wasn't for him. And again, he, you talk about mentorship, the man's a reverend, you know, I'm Jewish and you know, before every lift we'd pray, you know, and it was, it was just astounding the strength you get through mm. faith. And, um, you know, it, it, again, like those little things, you never know if you could be that one to change that kid's life. Did they show you maybe a different level too? Like, oh like, hey, this is the way, you know, this is the way hard work is done. This is how we do it. Oh, I mean, these guys, like, work ethic, it's still, the only one I've seen work harder than what we did is my daughter. She's the only one. My daughter's crazy. She, what was it, uh, 345 345 pounds? on the hex bar deadlift. Yeah. Your daughter? 14. Is that on your Damn. IG? Or is it's that on just my on Instagram, your... yeah. 
Yeah, maybe Andrew. Really yeah, how old is she? She's fourteen. Oh, you said that. Wow. She, she's um. <laughs> my, my my daughter is it's sick form too. Yeah, I mean my that's I think that's that's a little less. That's three thirty. Okay. That's three forty. There's another one. I'll find it. Damn. But that's still. I mean, that's we should crazy. have her on the show. There's my son. We missed the great no, opportunity. That's, that's the older one. Yeah, just play that one. Who yeah, cares? you can play that one. It's yeah. still impressive. Three fifteen, right? Yeah, three. Yeah, three. that's or is that well. That's a fifty-five. Oh, so that's yeah. That's three thirty-five or whatever. Three forty is mid-season. Her shoulders didn't even move. Dude, I mean, what the her form? Yeah, <gasps> wow. Her shoulders didn't even move, I and mean, she she didn't get like the cat back or nothing. I mean, no, like, she's she's amazing. You said she uh, plays soccer. Soccer. She must be rocking these she, girls. She Holy gets, crap! Uh, unfortunately, the refs know her now, so they call her out all the time. Uh, she's picked on. Dude, pause real quick. When I was sixteen. <laughs> I started playing soccer again after my injury. I gained a lot of weight, so I was heavy. And parents tried to get my birth certificate because they're like, this kid, like, yeah, they're, 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 they're like, we want to see there this is. kid's birth certificate. There's, there's, that was, that was oh, nice. So is that when you change your birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> but yo, no, she, she, ah, she's, she's just, I mean, you know, to be inspired by your own child, dude, but that, that is, how is the relationship going from a standpoint of, uh, now she's getting older, you know, like getting her to practice and stuff. Seems like she's like really into it at this mm -hmm. point. But she, does she ever get like frustrated with you? I know you said that you like to kind of back off and, and let her do her own thing. But uh, how has that been for you? I'm trying to hold her back. She trains too much. <laughs> like she's she's micro. She's the, the white female micro sheet. She's like overtraining, bro. Go to that <laughs> picture of his uh, back up there. I wanted it. And you said yeah. she can't like the, the Olympics thing. Yeah, like that's that's me. That's that's 16. What? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you look like a grown man. <laughs> you look like you're 25. Yeah, and that's my wife. We've been together that long. Like, wow. She's aged so well. Like, she's she's the nicest. Like, she's she's the anti-me, where everybody likes her, and she's very non-polarizing. And, like, I'm the one who, like, either love me or you hate me. There's no in-between. Like, my wife's, like, she's just a good woman. She's just a at good this, woman. At this point with you, she probably doesn't even, like, do one of these. She probably just... She's probably just like yeah. I'll catch just... her once in a while. I'll catch her. I'll be like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I'll, wide back. Yeah, things are coming along for my, you know, my physique at forty. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. You know. Um, All right, keep walking us through this story. So yeah. you, you move on and and you end up going. You end up actually going to college though. Yeah, I went to college. Um, went to California Lutheran University in Thousand Oaks. Again, I'm a Californian. Um, and uh, you know, I ended up injuring my knee so i couldn't really play football so mm. I, I gave it up i just got through school really quick took all the summer courses i could at glendale community college and um glendale right by burbank you know and uh ended so up was there something in particular about school where you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna get this degree and then i'm gonna go 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 do this other thing honestly i didn't even know um i, I knew i was gonna do something and i just got a marketing degree because well i started as i want to be a my mom wanted me to be a lawyer no, I'm not even lying because I'm Jewish. She thought old Jew men, Jewish men should be lawyers. I'm not even lying. A lawyer, a doctor, you know, that, that whole Jewish thing. And, um, you know, so I ended up uh, going and I'm like, dude, you got to be in school for like 40 years to be a lawyer. I'm like, screw that. And uh, so I ended up kinesiology. Then I learned through my counselor at college how much they make. I'm like, I don't want to do that. My brother had a degree in marketing. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, if that idiot can do it, I can too. And uh, so that's what I went to school for. And I was actually training. Uh, I was a training coordinator at Bally Total Fitness. You remember them? Mm-hmm. And um, I was based in Simi, but I also helped uh, overlook other clubs like Chatsworth in Southern California and Encino and a couple others. And um, I was at my gym in Simi Valley and the executive publisher, um, Bob Washburn at Weeder Publications at the time, he, he, he asked, he actually knew one of my clients that I trained. And she's like, I don't know what you can do with this kid. He's only like 19, but this kid's driven. And I went and I, I actually went up and I knew a bunch of guys had master's degree and years of experience. For some reason, Lia Clark, if you guys know, he's been in the industry a long time on the back end of the end. It's like the, not, not public, but mm-hmm. which is a shame because he's better looking than any of us. He's he looks like the rock. Wow. And you won't find him on social media. either. The dude's a ghost, mm-hmm. but like, and he hired me and I was, there I was working for Joe Weider at 19 years old. Crazy. So I had a lot of good shakes, but you know, you say the, the harder I work, the luckier I get, you know, I've been in an emergency room twice because of exhaustion mm-hmm. from, from overworking. One was when I was 19, 18, when I was 18, and uh, the other was when I was in my 20s. So, I mean, I just kept working. You just didn't sleep much? No, I didn't. I slept three hours a night, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh. Maybe. I was a mess, dude. My my insides were falling apart. Cortisol was through the roof. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was, you know, and luckily, like, for me, I but I had Katie. You know, I had that support system. Even though I didn't have a family to call back on and go home and get, you know, and have money sent to me. And I was doing the opposite. I was sending money to my parents. So it was, uh, I mean, I wouldn't trade my, my life's been a fairy tale. Like I'm the American dream. I'm the American freaking dream. I'm still living it every day. And everybody else can too. This country is the only place. Well, I'm speaking as an American, so I'm sure you could do it in the UK, but this country is a place that if you literally have the deck stacked against you, if you work hard enough, you can make it. Mm-hmm. You might not be Bill Gates rich. You might not be Mark Smelly Bell rich, but you'll at least be better than you would have been if you didn't. Yeah. Do you think there's anything specific that kept you always kind of fired up, like giving you the confidence to go out for the football team? Because um, I, I would imagine maybe some other children that are in a similar position that have a drug addicted mom and a dad who's real sick, you know, maybe they just maybe they just didn't get enough at home to feel good enough about themselves to even like try out for the football team. Uh, how did you, you know, have the courage to even do that in the first place? And then how did you have the courage to go up to those guys and ask them, have you just always been like fired up and pumped about stuff your whole life? Pretty much. I, I don't know about you, but I love revenge. Revenge is what I drive myself on. A lot of people say that's a bad thing. I, I actually don't. <laughs> um, I was always told that I couldn't do things. It always pissed me mm-hmm. off. And I was told, like, it, it, to this day, like, even a couple of years ago, like, after all I've done, like, I was undersized. So, well, you're undersized, so you'll, you'll never make it at football. So I'm like, no. Like, Muggsy Bogues was in the NBA. I mean, I could be the outlier, right? I could do that. And then even in bodybuilding, oh, your structure's bad, this and that. I'm like, well, I'm going to prove them wrong, you know? And then business. I was told um, by, by someone who, you know, I worked with that, you know, you'll, you'll never be able to take a company mainstream. That's just not in your, it's not in your wheelhouse. Now I'm sitting on top of uh, the number one growing bar in the industry which is very mainstream. You know, we're sold in grocery stores and 10,000 plus gas stations. You well, know, and if you look at what tiger fitness has done over the years, you know, it's easy to say, well, how'd you ever get into that market? Look at bodybuilding.com. Well, things have changed. You know, bodybuilding.com is 
you know, last my last communication with them of, of, uh, as of just maybe about a year or two ago, it just sounded like they were getting eaten alive by Amazon. But your company, because you have a, everyone gets killed by Amazon. Yeah. But your your company, because you have a different way about you, and because because it, it is owned by a single person that you can point out of the crowd and say, yeah, that that guy owns it. Um, your company is going to be able to still thrive in an environment like that. And so I think it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing accomplishment. It's an amazing thing that in the face of the adversity and the, in the face of people saying, Hey, like, this doesn't make any fucking sense for you to do that. You're like, well, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best shot. And you're still standing here and your, your, uh, protein bar, I would have to say is, I think I've tasted just about every protein bar that you could ever eat pretty pretty much i mean there's some stuff that you just don't know about right <laughs> yeah um but i'd have to say it's the best taste in protein bar i've ever had it, it reminds me of when muscle milk came out oh my god it was so when amazing. muscle milk came out the, the first go of it that first run of of uh, muscle milk from i think champion nutrition it just blew your mind you were like you're like this is far superior than anything else out there, and that's what I noticed with your bar. Andrew, did you, did you have one yesterday? Yeah, dude, I had the uh, the peanut butter, the cookies and cream peanut butter yeah. one. But uh, what I was trying to tell you yesterday is like they're so damn good. I had my first one about a year and a half ago with my buddy Nick in uh, Connecticut, and it was just oh here, dude, check this out. Like this is from Mark Lobliner, <laughs> and I was like oh, okay, sure, why not? And next thing I know, I'm like just staring, like you know when you just sit there and stare at the label, like what. Like, how is this so good? So, but a question I had is like, yeah. who who's that bar made for? Because like, you look at it, you look at a Quest bar, and it's like, okay, it's probably like keto friendly. I think he made it for me. I, 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 other I, than Mark I, Bell, I, I love how you asked that because this story is true. And you, you you always like you see other like I see people knocking off the bar like here's why we came out with them like no nah, bitch you're knocking me off mm -hmm. but here's really why it was like we were it was two thousand I believe it was two thousand and. Uh, 2015 or 16 and my daughter was just getting into soccer like the tournaments the travel and she's playing center mid you're running six miles a yeah. game she had three games Shit. that day and all they had to eat there was funnel cakes and oh. bs food right and you can't eat a meal between games you have no place to go so we had a quest bar which i love quest i'm not i'm not everybody always wants me to diss quest they built a billion dollar empire and they created a new category god bless them they paved the way they changed the game forever plus they made bars that don't like melt and, you know when you ship yeah, them and things and, like that and they and, and ours don't ours don't really melt either which right. is really cool about the way we formulated it but thing about quest is they also opened up a lot of people realize some retail chains that never carried protein bars they've done so good for the they've opened they paved the way for me so i will always, always say the nicest things about Quest, except for that time they tried to suit me. But anyway, um, <laughs> now nah, it worked out. We got it. We got to fit. I'm not even going to mention that. No, it's nothing. But, um, <laughs> no, I, 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 but I, it was the most respectful pre-lawsuit. Never happened. Never happened. Um, but anyway, um, so we're at this game, and she's running 18 miles, and she has a game the next day. We have nothing to feed her. And at the time, Quest Bar Fiber. There's so much fiber in there. You can't give that to an athlete before a game. I mean, efforting will tell you that, right? You can't do it. It's going to bloat her. Yeah, especially if you cramping. eat like two of them, you're going to really oh, be you're done. Trouble. You're done. Um, but again, like as a during-the-day snack for an adult, great. Um, and then you can't feed them a Cliff Bar or a Z-Bar. It's just sugar. It's basically brown rice syrup. It's going to spike and drop. No fat, no protein, nothing. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I got to make something for my kids. 
So I spent like three years, finally figured it out in July of 2018. I figured it out. So we're like, okay, we got this. So I remember calling, we've talked about it before, Chad, my partner, I'm like, Chad, he's like, these are amazing. What are we? I'm like, can we launch these? I'm like, it's going to cost money. He's like, well, as long as we can, at best case, we might sell $200,000 a year worth of these at best case. I'm like, well, at least pay for our own consumption of it. So Chad's kids play travel softball. So we literally made these bars for our kids and we were just going to sell them to MTS nutrition customers. That was it. And then we launched them. It turns out a lot of people had this thumb. This, this bar was formulated basically to, I hate, I hate the term. It's every being everything to everybody. Oh, everybody is for everybody. Nothing's for everybody. This is as close as you're going to get because it was formulated for my kids to have a snack that had a good healthy fat content that had healthy carbs, superfood carbs that had whey protein isolate or for the vegan version had some brown rice and pea because we have the vegan version. But it's also made for me. I have irritable bowel syndrome. So I can't eat Quester one bars. I just can't. I can. It's just not a good idea for those around me. Um, this was formulated for me to be able to use and also for my kids. So it was everybody from a bodybuilder to an athlete to a child. And since then, we've come out with vegan, nut-free. We got, we're working on a keto one. There's a lot going on. So thank you for giving me that loaded question. <laughs> of course. It was made for my kids. I know some people will, um, and I think Andrew was kind of touching upon it. You know, some people are like, ah, oh, it's got too much fat in it or mm-hmm. it has too many carbs in it. But just think of the bullshit that you eat when you go to Starbucks. You know, you get yourself a coffee, you get yourself, uh, you know, one of those little cakes or one of those mm-hmm. little bullshit treats or whatever. And even when you're trying to grab something for your kid on the go, it's going to be superior to whatever you yeah. are normally going to, you know, uh, grab for your kid. If you're going to make something for them, then then uh, maybe not. But how many grams of proteins? Are you, like 15 so, or 20? So we have the... Um the most of them are between 15 and 17. The crisp bar uses whey crisp. We got that up to 20. That's our higher protein variety. Nice. That gets us in the quest range. Um, generally speaking, the carb content will be between 25 and 30. And the crisp is a little bit less than that because the protein crisps take up a little more room. And then, um, fats will be around 10 to 13 grams. So it's, it's a snack. Um, it, it's, but it's also a very balanced snack. So, you know, people are like, Hey man, you know, I'm on the carnivore diet. I'm like, man, the bar's not for you. Get a beef jerky. You know, um, mm-hmm. again, it's not like you can't be everything that everyone we're trying though. You know, like we have, you know, my whole thing, I said, dude, we can't do a nut free version. Boom. We came out with the sunflower seed butter, nut free and it's dairy free. Cause we use the uh, vegan protein. Then we have the vegan version. We have it's about three three hundred calories for mm-hmm. people listening. Yep, three hundred. And the, if we can nail the keto, I think we pretty much have as many markets as you can. And like I was telling Mark yesterday, we're within probably ten percent. It's good now, where you'd be like, this it kills any. And the keto bars on the market have twenty grams of carbs. They're just the net, they're, they're the nut carbs. Like shut up. These are actually this is actually going to be a legit low carb bar without any of the added BS. So I'm excited. Um, we just went in stability testing, so we're really close. And we have twenty flavors, twenty varieties. Wow. And two this, yesterday marked our two year anniversary from launching it at the Olympia. I put, I didn't even realize it. It came up my Facebook memories. I'm like, oh my god! I posted to the group. And everybody was asleep because we're in California. I'm like, bro, it's our, and everybody got it this morning. Like, oh, that, that was yesterday. I'm like, dumbass. I'm in California. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's the most exciting thing because I didn't mean to do it. And I want to get back on something you talked about. Is that the success of our companies? And one thing is that you're a brilliant man, right? You're a smart guy. I've known you for years. You. you you play the whole meathead. You're not a meathead. You're friggin' you've built an empire. You have a warehouse in California. You need at least 80 million to build one of these, right? <laughs> but you've surrounded yourself with smart people. 
everyone here is good at what they do. And I noticed that when I first walked in, they take ownership in the company and that's because you don't have an ego. You absolutely don't or else you wouldn't hire people better than you at what they do. And that's weak leadership. Weak leaders hire weak people and that's why they don't grow. Everybody in my company is smarter than me at what they do. Every single one. And that's why you've built this. You got yourself to a certain level, but you, you pulled a Ronald Reagan in that you hired people who basically filled your void. And that's what's really cool about coming in here because it's exactly what I want in my companies. And I wanted yeah, to thank give, you for that. I appreciate to give that. you a nice little thank applause. You. You know, I Even think this guy over here. That's, that's, my, uh, <laughs> that's kind of the goal is to have everyone be autonomous, you know, have them be able to, you know, um, you know, even though the company's not massive, we don't have hundreds of employees, you get to lead up your own, you know, this is your, this is your own division. <clears throat> Maybe it's only a division of one, but that's yeah. okay. You lead yourself and you, and you follow yourself. You check your own work. And I mean, that's what Andrew does with the podcast. I'm not like, he, he might ask me once in a while and I'll just say, Hey, whatever, like whatever makes your life easier. Like, let's do that. Like, you need something like you need an extra computer or like, you know, how, how can I, how can I assist you to be mm-hmm. better? But otherwise I just don't know anything about what you do. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't really be of much service. You know, I hired you to do it yourself, you know? And that's, that's perfect because when everybody micromanages, you never grow. You got to grow. There's, there's so, there's so many talented people out there. People who might not even know they have talents. Like we were talking about Tyler who came from Skyline Chile. Our, 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 um, basically our inventory guy, he keeps track of all the production and everything. Like, if you were looking at his resume, you would be like, I'm, why would I hire this guy for that? But he grew into the position. So your goal is you, you hire this person because you see something special. In and then you, you kind of you find where they fit. You find where their strengths are. And you you make, they grow. make their own job almost a lot of times. And I, I even ask employees every, you know, every couple months, they'll say, what, what do you hate? What do you, what do you, what do you uh, like the least out of everything you do? And then I'll say, okay, well, you know, give me a few months. Let me see what, you know, if I can take that off your plate. Cause I, I want you to lean into the interest as much as, as much as humanly possible. Yeah. There's always going to be some bullshit that you might have to do that you don't really want to do. Yeah. And I, I, a lot of what I do, I don't like doing, you yeah. know, it's like paperwork yeah. contracts. Don't mm-hmm. like those, but it's part of life, you know? So that's, that's the thing is that surrounding yourself with good people. Um, the coolest guy in the world, Mike Rashid calls it leveling up. You know, you get people who are on this level and if you're here, and that, it kind of makes you come up to their level. Again, you know, what is it? You know, high, old, high tide rises, all boats or whatever. I can't think. I need more of this right now. Need more mind bullet. Honestly, it's great. I really do feel, and I, I normally don't feel things in my brain. It's awesome. But this one, yes, yeah, very good work. Yeah, yeah. It gives, it gives you a good kick. I think a lot of times the, uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, kind of mind altering supplements, you, you don't. I've never really like really felt them real powerfully, nootropics and things no, like we that. No, de- we definitely, I, I want, I want this just so I could take truck, it out of him. This truckload. This is great. Yeah. Right I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed because people send me stuff all the time and I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. And you dug the bicep board. The bicep See, board. I wouldn't steer you wrong, bro. So the bicep board is something that I'm going to get the link from you and I'm going to buy it for my gym in Ohio and for my house. That thing is awesome. You know, I still haven't been able to use it. Oh my god, dude! For last, we have to try to like. It's so good. We have to really try to keep him away from like you know knowing the new shit and stuff. Because the genetic- he's so fucking jacked. Yeah, <laughs> look at him. 
He, does he need to be more jacked? No, no, definitely not. Does he need to look younger than us than he already does? <laughs> I think I look kind of old. Does he? Uh, I don't think so. Not compared to us. Yeah, but you're going to stay with that look until you're 80. <laughs> Let's pray for that. Yes, Lord. The handsome guy. He, he's very handsome. Very handsome. Man. What are we going to do? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, what are we going to do? Uh, can we do anything about it? No, no. no okay. I mean, we, we just, just get, sometimes just got to settle for second place. Just keep getting older. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Ronnie stepped on stage in 2003. You know, Dexter's story of that is great. He's like, we all were backstage like, all right, I guess we know I was going to go tonight. You know, <laughs> Just grab their luggage right then and just hit, hit, get, the, get on the plane. One thing you can do is convince him to use lotion. No lotion. He doesn't use no. lotion. He's one of those. Why not? Even your know. your skin looks amazing, Mark. Well, I, I lotion up all the time. I know. Wow. That's all from lotion? Yeah. <laughs> Look how smooth it is. It's like milky. It's very smooth, yeah. yeah. Um I got I'm I'm like I have these routines I gotta do like Are you hard all over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No no if I was I'd be very disappointed in what's going on right now. Um I'm a grower. Um you, you, I got these routines, man, like I've I've, I've read books and it, all these rich people have these like routines, right? Like you wake up, you do boom, boom, boom. So like skincare and teeth care are two things that I'm huge on. Like, you know, like oral hygiene, big fan of oral. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So, I mean, you know, all that stuff, it's kind of become a routine where if I don't do it, I don't, even when I travel, like half my luggage is like, I got my Mark Pro we were talking about. I got a Mark Pro at least once yeah, a day. Yeah, you know what? Tell us about that. I found that to be interesting. You use it on the plane and stuff. Yeah, Mark. So a Mark Pro is basically a stim unit. Um, I can't talk to science. They talk about waves and all this, blah, 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 blah. Basically, it's about 500 bucks, and it's a stim unit. You put these pads on you. When I fly, I used to find when I get off a plane, I felt like I got hit by a bus. Mm. It would take me a day to recover. I landed yesterday, and we crushed back. Oh, it's amazing. And I got off the plane. I even told Cross, um, our, you know, my, my, my buddy who's here, my colleague, um, who's handling the camera work, mostly mostly out you know, in, mm-hmm. in the hotel room. Um, hey, now. Is that I know. Yeah, yeah, hey, now. I know about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I was like, you know what? I saw him post like, yeah, you can fly with this. And I'm like, I fly a lot. This would be great. This is before COVID, right? And so I put it on my lower back. And my, oh, I thought you put it on your nuts. No? no? No, no, that would hurt. Oh, okay. I put it on my lower back and usually my, my T-band, you know, and or I'll put it on my hamstring, my quad, or I'll put it on my calf and up here. People so, are looking at you like you're crazy because you're like, yeah, muscles absolutely. are flexing, right? Absolutely. Like my legs twitching. And, um, but I'll get off the flight. And I, or I'll, sometimes I'll put the pads on before I get on the plane so I'm not like reaching down my pants. <laughs> um, and I'm just hooking it up really quick. But I'll get off the plane. I'll feel like a million bucks. Like I will feel like I just went through like some kind of a spa treatment. And I swear by this thing. It's a Mark Pro. It's markpro.com. And um, it's it's a great device. Uh, Dr. Sturette's a fan of it. Um, Gary Rinal, who's the guy who invented not icing. You know, mm-hmm. icing being the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Literally got the guy who invented rice to say he was wrong. Like, that's how gangster Gary Rhino is. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I swear by it. So if you fly, but I do it every night for at least 30 minutes. Um, sometimes if I train chest, I feel I put it on here. Right. A lot of times on my legs. It's a game changer. Really I have is. had friends before tell me about, like, oh, you should use it when you travel. And I've, I've always just kind of ignored it. But when you actually told me, like, you use it on the plane and, and how different you felt, I was like, Oh man, my friends are right. I should just fucking do it. You should. It, I have one. Weird. I just need to. I just need to bring it with me. There's plenty of space. Like it's not you, big. It's not huge. No, I mean, it's they get the regular pro. There's yeah. a pro and the pro plus. Um, even Gary will say it's you like just the need the size pro. of like 
Dre Beats headphones or whatever it means. Oh, like wow. size. It's not very big. It's like this, and then you have the the little modules. But I swear by it. You know, it's it's those little recovery tricks. And it, again, it's it's not cheap. But the only thing I have to replace is the pads, and they're not overly expensive either. So it's just a matter of your budget. But if you fly a lot, yeah, or even if you don't, just putting it on your legs at night or after a hard session definitely speeds up recovery. It's annoying when you're flying. You're just kind of in a weird position for a little while, mm-hmm. and it just things tighten up. And if you can be more comfortable, then why not? When I start traveling overseas again, I, I mean, taking it to Australia, I mean, and I'm at the point in my career where I do upgrade to first class a lot. So in first class, you got all the space in the world, and you land, and you're you're in a good spot. So you're doing a bodybuilding show. Yeah, I'm coming back, man. It's been it's been years, over five years. Um, Masters USA, because you know bodybuilders normally the good ones die before the age of forty. So I figure there's no one left. <laughs> I might have a chance. And you have to get your pro card again. Did so it expire? I was a NABA pro, and it expires. But I could probably call them and be like, "Hey guys, uh, can I get my NABA card?" Because like, there's two NABA pros left. Mm-hmm. When I when I got my NABA card, it was funny because I was getting ready for nationals, and I did a warm up show, and I ended up winning it. They're like, well, to do nationals, you got to forfeit your pro card. I'm like, well, I had this shit like two months. I'm like, at least let me enjoy calling myself a pro for like three months. So yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I I'm really excited because I'm holding it like 220 pounds. I'm leaner than I've ever been. I got I had diastases in my abs, so I have mesh and forty titanium screws. And I posted a picture on my Instagram this morning of how small my waist is. And I never had that before because it's the most unflattering picture, but I post it anyway. Like, you know, in the morning my face looks I'm like eighty years old. My eyes are all droopy and I'm like, I gotta post this because I'm really proud because it surgery was really hard. So I had to get literally titanium screws put in my stomach when did you get that surgery this was 2016 i believe or 2000 it was one of those i think it was 2015 or 16 anything similar to what phil heath did, uh, had to have happened does anybody know what phil heath had done I, I guess he had like some kind of hernia so i know he had a so a hernia patch mm. they just do it over the spot mine's literally from from right above the mm. ding 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 and then right up to here <laughs> so it's this whole area right mm. here my thing is and i've said this and i i liked it, yeah but just just going off topic if phil got the full mesh two things would that that will determine the olympia number one is it takes a long time to heal like i didn't notice my abs come down and get used to it for about two years and i think he's been around that yeah but if he got a if he got a patch over his hernia my issue is if you look at his stomach during the Olympia, if he just got a patch, there was something off about not just one area. Like a hernia is like a bump. Mm-hmm. His entire midsection, there was something off about. I'm not, I'm a Phil Heath friend and fan. But if he got the full mesh like I did, and his, and again, he probably would, he makes money with his body. I don't, right? Like he probably, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to look amazing. If he just got a patch, there was something weird with this overall be hard, yeah. abdomen. So that's a huge variable. But yeah, it was it was a tough recovery. I mean, it was hard because you you have no you have no control. Like you have no control over your midsection or your core. So peeing's hard. You you have to basically overdose on making magnesia to poop, and it's just like basically. Wow. And it, it was a tough. And I had to sleep on the recliner, and it was a tough couple weeks. But man, it was a. I had a good surgeon. Like he did a good job. I'm really happy. But yeah, I mean, I'm coming back because it's easy. I'd hate to say that, but I don't eat a lot. And part of it's because I have mesh holding my stomach in. But for me, my main issue is eating enough food. And, you know, I'm not, I don't have to get on any crazy steroids. I'm on HRT. I'm just going to roll right with that on in. And um, so I'm like, why not? 
And I see who's, you know, my buddy Mac Truck won last year. He looked great. And um, I think I'm on his level. And um, he would probably say the same. I think we're comparable bodybuilders. I'm, I'm not saying I'm better than him. I'm saying that we're in the same league, I'd say. And I think that I'm going to show conditioning is how I'm going to win. And I'm really excited because I've, I haven't seen my body since, like, my body. You know how it is to get shredded. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, man, I want to do that just one more time. And if I win, I'm going to roll right into a pro show. Because I don't think a pro card counts until you do a pro show. Mm. That's my opinion. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited because I feel great. And if I can just OD on this stuff, <laughs> I'll be okay. I'll be, like, at the show, like, what's going on, guys? Why are you guys so mad? You know, but, yeah, for me, it's I, I stay lean. I don't hold water. You know, it, and I have I'm, – shit, I'm, I'm almost 20 pounds heavier than I was when I got my first pro card. Wow. I was 202 when I weighed in. Oh, shit. And uh, everybody thought I was 220, and I lied. So, well, I didn't lie. People were like, man, you look like you're 220. I'm like, yep. I never corrected them. So I never actually said kind of I like was 220. like the 100-pound 100, 100 dumbbell presses. Yes, yes. Chris Cuomo, yeah. <laughs> By the way, that was my most viral post on Twitter ever. But, yeah, it's... What happened? Um, so Chris Cuomo has a picture of, of him rundown. typing while holding a 100-pound dumbbell in his hand. We all know it's fake. Mm-hmm. But then I saw people go, like, you see this dude? He was like, yeah, ton of, everybody thought it was real. Like, the, the mainstream. So I'm like, dude, this is a good chance to just grift and get a hell of a... Get a this might go viral. Like, I did first video I ever did with the intent of going viral. Like, it was real. I'm like, I sent it to... The, I got it edited, you know? It was like, yep, this is going to do it. And uh, sure enough, man, people hate that guy. And uh, it... it it gave me an opportunity to really kind of grow my, my Twitter following by a couple thousand followers. I'm going on some conservative talk shows on like Blaze TV. I was mentioned on InfoWars like four wow. times. I'm on the underground right wing circuit. Like it's really cool. And I, I didn't even do anything. I'm like, he, I, all I did was demonstrate how friggin' heavy a hundred pound dumbbell is. Cause I'm, Shoulder press is like my thing. I used to like 130s, like 160s. I've gotten some weight. I couldn't lift a damn 100-pounder over my, I couldn't, like, no, nah, not one arm. I could do two. Yeah. You got, uh, one arm. Have you ever tried to single arm? A... It's heavy. Oh, no. So I'm like, I demonstrated with 50, then I did 80, and I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put this out there. And everybody, all the big name right wing guys shared it. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> now I'm going on the right wing talk show circuit. So I'm going to make America great again, wear a MAGA hat, get a pitchfork, whatever they want me to do. Yeah, I think it was great that I you came s- out here because of Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it was here. That's amazing. You landed basically the same time as he did, right? Yeah, yeah. They didn't let me on Air Force One this time, <laughs> but I'm hoping next time it uh, it happens. But, you know, I honestly, I, I enjoy the discourse. I enjoy talking to people. You know, and, and I like when people have different opinions. I think that's what makes this country great. I don't want people to, if you agree with me on everything I stand for, that's mm-hmm. why I can't be like, I'm a Republican. I can't do it. I could be like, I'm going to vote for this guy. And in Tennessee, you do have to declare to vote in the primary. So I did declare Republican, but I've always been like in Illinois, it's open primary. So I'm an independent. Um, and that's because I don't agree with everything anybody stands for. I don't, I don't want to be a part of your tribe. I want to have that open mind where if there is a Democrat who comes out, like I like some things that Tulsi stands for. And if she was up against Trump, even though she's kind of socialist, I, I'd, it would be a real debate in my head who I'd vote for. And people are like, well, Tulsi's a socialist. I'm like, yeah, but you're looking at one thing she does. I think overall, I mean, she's an active duty serviceman service person she's she just seems like a good person and i always like to put my like i don't think biden's a good person i don't necessarily think trump's a good person 
Um, Biden was against ending segregation. People seem to forget yeah. that. And, you know, we, I talked about choice theory. I don't know if I can forgive being against ending segregation. I just can't because that segregation's bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't think any of us are going to go on that hill and die. That oh no, segregation is a great thing. He actually said that. Like, and he's openly used the N word on. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it was context, but you don't say. It. You just don't say it. Yeah. There's just certain rules, and I know white people are like, well, they're saying in hip hop, so I just stop that fight. That's not your fight. <laughs> just give it up. You don't get a pass for that word. You just don't. Just give it up. Did you ever see his interview with Charlemagne? Or part of the interview with Charlemagne? The you're not black one. Yeah. Yeah. That was just so funny. And then he he did something with Cardi B. So, so he, here's a story. I, I always go on tangents. I had an 80 year old and everything I say here, I'm not going to say the N word, but I'm going to say a word that might be offensive to some people who everybody. So I had an old neighbor. She was the nicest woman. Wasn't racist. I don't think she was. And, um, in North Carolina, lived right next door to us. Her husband passed away. Sweetest old woman. Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, you know, she's like people moving across the street. They're black. Okay. It's like, yeah, well, we, we, we're not, we don't have many colored people in the state, right? <laughs> Colors are bad. Like, you don't use the word colored. And I'm like, all right, then, uh, Sue, you know, it's like, yeah, this is a different world, you know? It's, it's, but she was 80. Yeah. Right? She doesn't know that's racist because she lived through segregation and she lives through the civil rights. She rights. actually is probably trying to be nice and say yes. it because she's uncomfortable and doesn't know what the hell to say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden is nearly 80 years old. He's basically my crazy old white lady neighbor from North Carolina. (laughs) And we're going to give him the power to press that red button. I don't know if I want to do that. But what I'm saying is it's a different era. But I guarantee you, Sue wasn't out there talking about the racial jungle, (laughs) dropping N-bombs on CNN. You know, um, Joe Biden was and he also backed Senator Byrd. There's certain things I can't forgive and i draw the line at that and that's why you know i can't i just can't roll with that and then well trump did this not trump didn't do what he did no he wasn't in government at that time this guy literally was actively legislating against ending segregation mm-hmm. i can't roll with that so for me my reason for but tall but back to tulsi she's a good woman joe biden i think is just a bad person and i'm not saying trump's a good person i'm saying in the bad people race he might be a foot or two ahead by my judgment and also the fact that trump's actually owned businesses and actually contributed to society rather than being a parasitic politician i gotta give trump my vote and that doesn't mean that i'm all maga but i went to a maga rally last last week in franklin tennessee i went to a rally i, I did it was awesome. put on by this guy named robbie starbuck on twitter great guy he lives right in my area right and they had the CJ Pearson kid, this young, I think he's 19-year-old black kid. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. The best speaker I've ever heard in my life. Wow. I'll tell you this. I've heard of him. Um, Kurt Dennis, look him up. He's a 300-pound, 6'2", the largest black man you'll ever see. (laughs) He's all in on the MAGA. Like, he, so I'm rolling with him. So I felt really safe. And then there's dudes with ARs. Have I seen you post pictures with him or something? Yeah, Kurt. Yeah, Kurt he's is, fucking massive. He makes me look like a child. Can we find this? I got Kurt see Dennis. This. Um, Hulk. I think it's Hulkzilla. <laughs> Kurt or something like that. Yeah, he's <laughs> fucking massive. Oh my god! I was like, what the? He's the, and he's he's a he's a but he is all America, and his friends are there. His crew. America. They come in strapped with like twelve guns. 
Like okay. ARs. Dude had an AR, a sidearm, and one in his sock. I'm like, well, in case World War Three breaks out, we're safe. Wow. And then, like, but there was... And the, the C.J. Pearson kid, the greatest speaker I've heard. Like, I've never... I was... But everybody was loving and hugging, and people were kind, and there was no racism, and there was no bigotry. There is... Dude is enormous. Wow. Jesus. He's six foot like 12. <laughs> wait, wait. So is he actually six two, three hundred, 300 or? He's, he's 300. He's 295. I know. At six foot two. He's six foot. He's, I don't know, man. I'm only five eight. Anything over five nine is gigantic to me. Wow. This yeah. is, he's he, a monster. He, he's, <laughs> he's the most unknown, like big dude I've ever seen. Like, and he's big outspoken. Boy. He's very, very pro-America. He lives up in my area, Nashville. Yeah, he's such a good dude. Imagine the dick on that guy. <laughs> it's got to be unreal. Mark, what'd you see? Don't tell us. Let us know. We haven't gotten that intimate yet. Oh, but okay. <laughs> he only lives like 20 minutes from me. I'll be sure to take pictures. Um, Straight to the dick, huh? Oh, yeah. You every be, yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, if it's even just slightly in proportion to his body. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be nine inches. That's Yo. what I'm saying. Yo, he's just, dude, he's repping out like four oh five, like it's he's like yawn, yeah, he's like yawning while he's doing and it. he's in his forties, dude. He ain't a young kid. He has those legs. <laughs> Jesus, I'm telling you, man. Wow. Nobody like usually I'm the big guy. There I am. Look at how big. Look at how small I am. <laughs> look how small I am next to him. Oh my god! His wow, arm, he is like six two. He's he's enormous. Damn, his beard's six three. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive man. Can you? Is that his penis? I oh, think wow. so. <laughs> Yeah, it's like trying to hug your leg. This is a lot of white boy fun going on over here. White people just talk about BBC all day long. What else is there to talk about? I can't get down with it. Yeah, look how large this guy is. But anyway, <laughs> this is why nobody... This is why oh, Antifa, we got in the steam of going on. Can, can you imagine if Antifa showed up to that rally? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. He's enormous. <laughs> God. He'd be an interesting character to have. He's very well. He's very just. He loves his country, man. But yeah. he's. But I'll tell you what. I've never been to a more positive. Started with the Star Spangled Banner, said the Pledge of Allegiance, said a prayer, and then just talked about really good stuff. And then everybody hung out. I had to leave early because my son had a soccer game down the road. But I'm like, if I had to look, if I was looking at it from an independent standpoint, which I like to think I am, even though I do have my bias mm -hmm. because I'm a capitalist, so obviously I'm going to side with conservatism. If I'm looking in and I see, and I'm driving through Franklin, I see this loving freedom rally, and then I see Antifa and BLM, what side am I going to be on? Like these riots and everything going on, all it's doing is pushing more people to Trump's side. Because I'll tell you what, and, and this is just me speaking as an objective third party. I've never seen a more positive, uplifting message than I saw it. Maybe it's just because it's where I live, but like these, it, it's very diverse. Like it's changed. Like if you look at even the Latin vote is going that way. I think div div divisiveness is not good. And so we're in a two party system. Tulsi lost. But if it was Tulsi v. Trump, I'll tell you what, there's a 70% chance unless stuff comes out when you're running, right? I don't know everything about her. There's a 70% chance she'd have gotten my vote. Is Biden like not going to have any rallies? I, mean, I don't think he can survive a rally. Like the guy is literally half dead. I'm not even joking. I, don't I think just don't think there's it. any. I just don't think there's any chance whatsoever that he'll, that he'll win. Yeah, I'm curious real quick, guys. Um, it seems yeah. like Trump's picking up some points. So a lot. 
some people think Biden has like a memory thing. Mm. And there's also the narrative that it's a, actually a stammer. What do you guys think? Is it both or like, cause that guy seems to be really just going like just going. Have, have you, um, have you seen his old? Now I remember Biden cause we had a, uh, I, I used to actually listen to this stuff. I, I think Biden was funny. You know, it used to make me laugh when he was the VP. Mm-hmm. I was like, I like that guy. Yeah, I loved him. I honestly think it's it's just age related cognitive decline, and uh, it's really sad that that the country has to be in this position that the Democrats put forth such a horrible candidate. Um, and Kamala, her past and what she did with prisoners oh. and you know the free labor for the state of California, yeah. um, she's evil. Like she is an evil, evil, evil person. When I found out about that stuff, I was just like. And she's proud of it. She's like, yeah, I put, and she, she's, she's not even African American. She's Indian. <laughs> like her family is straight up Indian. Like it is what in Jamaican. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, but I mean, you know, the thing is like, uh, it, it's just, if you actually look into that ticket and, and it's again, like I wanted to not vote for Trump. I was like, okay. I'm not a Trump guy. Like I keep, I'm, I'm voting for him based on the current field, unless the rock somehow jumps into the race, <laughs> but I can't vote for a guy who was against ending segregation. And I can't vote for Kamala who is absolutely just a detestable creature. People tend not to try to look into what she's done because of she's a, well, what people see, she's a black woman. Right. She's apparently black. Yeah. <laughs> so like people don't want to look into the past where she's mm-hmm. put a lot of innocent men in jail for things that they didn't do when she's known about it. Innocent men who are predominantly one color. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's part of the game. She's a prosecutor. It's what you have to do. But then where is your morality? Like, you know, what? we addressed this years ago, the amino spiking. Thing. Um, and this is a morality. My argument like there were brands, I'm not going to name names, but there were brands who, oh, well, they amino spike their protein, but their pre-workout's good. I'm like, if they ethically lied to you on the label of the protein, what do you think makes every other category of product differently? So if someone has ethically, and let's not forget that she got in that position by sleeping with her boss. I mean, so she has the word, if, dude, if she, if she ever gets, in, if Pence will destroy her in a debate, because Pence is, people don't understand, like, see, now that's the guy I ended up liking more than I thought I would after COVID. Like, even though I didn't agree with a lot of what they were doing, Pence is like that guy who calms everybody down. Like Trump goes and just Tasmanian devils, everything Pence is like, and if they ask him a question, like they straight up dissed him and he just turned it around. He was calm, collect like that guy's ice. He creeps me out a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> you know what? I gained respect for him because he will not go to dinner with a female unless his wife's with him. Smart. And everybody's like, oh, he's sexist. I'm like, no, he's smart, man. He's smart as, because they ain't going to ever accuse him of any, like, all the fault. DC is dirty. He's like, look, unless it's a threesome with my wife, <laughs> then uh, I didn't say any of that shit. Like, he, he's got it covered. Like, that dude is, he, but he's legit. I think, I don't think that's a guy who you have to question his morals and his ethics. I think he's a real Catholic. Like, there's a Sunday Christians, and then there's a Christians. And then there's a born again, or, you know, somewhere else. But this guy is legit. And from everybody I know from Indiana, like that, that, that's him. Like that dude's legit. So I like the ticket. I do. Um, based on what I've seen. And I think based on what's going on now, you have a president who's still wearing a mask and you have a president who's like by 2021, everything's 100% back to normal. 
And just my stance on what went on with this COVID, the fact that someone's still trying to ride out everybody and wants to nationally mandate masks, which is completely unconstitutional. Um, yeah, on that issue alone, like, no, I'm, I'm not just going to vote against Biden. I'm going to tell everybody not to vote for him. Vote for the libertarian whack job. Just don't vote for that guy. I mean, you know, that's just, that's not the guy. It's just not the guy. And even if you hate Trump, I want you to take that out of the picture and just compare them for what they've done and, and, and who they are and what they can bring to the table. And the past does mean a lot. And you can't just say things and the lies. Like they, all their campaign ads are complete lies. Like they're, they're compl- like what Trump said. Trump didn't say that about the military. Trump's, Trump's gotten, and also I'm an isolationist. I don't like war. I, I'm an isolationist. 100%. That's one of the reasons I became a libertarian at the beginning. Trump has started no new wars and he's pulling troops out. Got my vote. I don't get, I don't care if he grabs somebody by the vagina. You know, I mean, doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. Joe Biden wouldn't even be able to find the vagina at this point in his <laughs> life. And I like the fact that we've gone from Monica Lewinsky to Playboy Playmates and porn stars. That's my president right there. <laughs> like he's banging some hot chicks, bro. Like <laughs> those are chicks. If you're going to get caught banging chicks, he's like, ah, good job, bro. Like, dude, seriously, like that's some JFK Marilyn Monroe stuff right there. Like he's banging playmates. Lewinsky, playmate. Lewinsky, playmate. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Pick their poison on that one, right? (laughs) So you like Lewinsky? (laughs) Yeah, right? In SEMA, try that outright bar. You haven't tried one yet, right? I haven't tried one yet. Here we go. All right, so we're going to try it on air. Yeah, just. (laughs) This shit's terrible. It's disgusting. Never tasted anything so bad in my whole life. How many of these can I drink a day? Um, Six. I've had mm, two in a day before. Yeah. Sixteen? Six sounds good. It depends. If you take the caps. Smell test smells amazing. I've never had a. mm. They're so good. What's the results? He's going to start drooling all over himself. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me yesterday. I was like, oh, shit, I, I need to clean this up. It's so, so good. It doesn't like taste like a protein bar, which is a, which is a dope thing. It actually tastes like it, it actually tastes like a candy bar or something. That's good. That's awesome. That's really fucking good. That's a good combination, too. Yeah. Peanut and butter and uh, When he said yelp, that yeah. flavor, cookie and cream and peanut butter, I was like, yeah. the fuck? So we had, uh-huh. it should be here today. Genius. So Randall yeah. over at our Vegas warehouse sent over, I think, two cases of, you should get about, I think it's like 40 cases. Oh, my guys. So you guys are going to be fat as when you're done with this, man. Gonna <laughs> That's be, crazy. Everybody's going to be Just for overweight. the podcast, too. That's awesome. Nice. I love it. Yeah, we, 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 we just, sent just it. Just don't say anything, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was saying because she's going to try to steal some of our uh, cookies for the or protein bars for the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we we it's freaking awesome. See, right? this, that's the thing. The problem is that when something is so good, you eat too many. Keep going. It's it's like it, it, if there were three more, I'd just be like, let me just go eat those next three. Yeah, it- it was, I mean, it's it's at the point now where it was an accident. I mean, I've been trying Are you to, just, like, waiting for them to come off the assembly line fresh? I can see you, like, yeah. in so, the manufacturing plant, like, picking them off the line. So the beautiful <laughs> thing is about our supply chain is we figured out a way where we never have it in our warehouse for longer than seven days. So we've been able to scale from literally zero to a couple million bars a month with that's absolutely awesome. no, absolutely no shelf issues. Are these, uh, are they baked at all? Are they They're baked. At all? It's baked. Okay. It's a baked Can you so- send me the dough? <laughs> send me some of the, the microwave. So, have you tried? Oh, have, microwave 10 seconds. 10 seconds? Oh my 10 God. 10 seconds with the s'mores. Oh, have you tried really just the dough uncooked? Um, yeah, of course. Is it amazing? Honestly, there's not much of a difference. I need to know more about this. But, but what we, <laughs> the, 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 the thing is, is that it's, uh, 
you know, we, we, we do our best to keep them as fresh as possible. Every bar from Quest, you get in two, three months, it's going to change. the. But if you ever get one that's a little bit less moist, so to speak, you put it in the microwave for 10 seconds. Because with, you know, a 12-month shelf life, it's going to, it's not like at month 12, it's like, ha, I'm done. Mm. It's like the experience is the best as they're newer. But you can always refresh that just by microwaving for mm. about 10 seconds. So that's that's one thing. But you get that with any food product, you know, from bread to... I think it's a great thing about your companies that you have is that you have uh, mm-hmm. you have leverage. Are you all right, bro? Bro, this is so damn good. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious, yeah. <laughs> like, He's going to start crying like a... Oh, man. Do you have to get him on... We bro, have more this flavors is, this coming. This is so good, man. Holy shit. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. hit him with the paddles. Clear. Yo. <laughs> this is probably what it's like at the warehouse. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. There you go. Look at that. Is that you right there, Mark? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's been, again, it's, you spend your whole life trying to, and I mean, you probably had, did you expect the slingshot to blow up the way it did? Uh, I knew it would do well. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, I don't, I don't know if I, you think it will create this empire? Not necessarily. No. Yeah, I didn't know I, I was going to do that. I was, I was, I, I didn't think it, I, I didn't think it would sell at all. I thought I was just going to make it for me and my And it'd homies. be fun, yeah. It'd yeah, be but, fun and you'd sell a few but that's here and there. But you made that slingshot for you, right? Right. That's the difference. When you have a personal vested, like, passion and interest in something, it just, it makes it better because you're not just trying to make something for someone else. You become the market. Right. And what we don't realize, I always try to attach myself from the market. What if we are the market? What if my family isn't atypical? What if my family is like most other families? What if it's even like 10% of the families? Right. It's a lot of people. And when you get out of the niche, you get out of the protein pills, you get out of protein products, you get out of the pre-workouts, the market's big. There's a lot of, a lot of market share to be had in performance foods. So unfortunately, there's a lot of players. So what can you do to differentiate? And that's the key. And I didn't even try. But I knew I needed something different because what was on the market wasn't fitting my needs. You can really look at it as a functional food because there's not, it's not hurting your stomach. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a key factor, especially for, you know, getting your kids some good nutrition. But I think where you have a leg up on, you know, again, like kind of mentioning the bodybuilding.coms or some of these other companies that have started is that, and I'm sure your fans are aware of this, but people that don't know you and maybe are unaware of Tiger Fitness is, uh, you know a tremendous about a tremendous amount of information about nutrition, a tremendous amount of information about food, a tremendous amount of information about how to prep for a bodybuilding show. You've lifted with some of the best bodybuilders. You lift still now with Brandon Curry, mm-hmm. Mr. Olympia. Uh, you lifted with world champion uh, powerlifters. You you have investigated this stuff, and in talking to you yesterday, um, you know about carbs and different things like that. It was refreshing to hear you kind of say like. You know, I don't necessarily like carbs from a health perspective, but, you know, they're necessary sometimes for me to, you know, go into certain phases of bodybuilding or I'll suggest them to certain people for certain reasons. And I love that. And I think that that's really important when people are thinking about where to put their money. Mm-hmm. I think it's great to invest their money in a company, you know, one of your companies, because you have that knowledge, you have that backing. And, and then your um, even your customer service is probably going to reiterate a lot of the same mm-hmm. things that you believe in and so forth. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. And and I think, um, you know, looking at just health and longevity and, and all we, like research is constantly evolving. We were talking yesterday about what you're eating, the protein. Like you literally, the, the data is pretty profound because it proved me wrong. And I've been wrong a lot of times. My diet theories change 
every time research evolves. Research doesn't change, it evolves. I think we'll agree on that. It doesn't change. Like, fats are still fats, and carbs are still carbs, right? But it evolves. And, you know, the new data is pretty compelling in that you can overeat protein and not gain fat. And it's it's ridiculous, almost to the point of gluttony. You can overeat. So, <laughs> if from a performance standpoint, you know, everybody, you know, I lo- my, my one disagreement with like the keto people and the is that carbs are your preferred, preferred energy source. A lot, some of them will say that. No, it's not. I mean, because, you know, like it's like lining up three girls and you're like, and you, mm-hmm. you prefer the one. Maybe I like blondes and that's the one I'm going to sleep with, right? Not that that ever happens to me or ever will happen, but with car- you give your body, you give them all three macronutrients. What's your body going to first for energy? It's going to glucose. Your body likes glucose. It's easy. It's really easy. So, and also spares protein and all that good stuff, right? But for performance, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a good amount of data and, and evidence that carbohydrate inclusive diets aid performance. But if I'm not concerned about performance, if I just want to be my leanest, my strongest, my healthiest, and I'm looking at how to do that, if I'm just looking from a pure longevity standpoint and I'm cool not gaining the optimal amount of mass, I'm still going to trim, still going to exercise. You know, the more I look at it and the more as evidence evolves, the more I'm thinking, you know, you eat protein almost to the point of not having to measure. You just make sure you get enough and then you fill in the rest. You have your your fat-inclusive meals. You get, let's say, 0.5 to one gram of fat per pound of body weight, right? And then you have fibrous vegetables or vegetable type, like broccoli, asparagus, whatever, things like that as your other source. And you don't need carbs. Are you going to perform optimally in a, in a competitive setting? No, but you're also going to stay. And this is assuming you've already lost the fat. Like I haven't seen it on losing weight. I've seen it on putting weight back on. So let's say you're at, you've dieted down, right? If you were just to switch to essential fats or fats, your body needs to survive protein, adequate protein, and then fill in the rest with vegetables and then take in your micronutrients through supplements or whatever your, your supplementation of choice is, you're going to have a really hard time getting fat. What you just said would work for anybody. Yeah. Period. It's fantastic. I mean, people need, I still believe in veggies. I still think they're optimal. I still think you should have some fiber in your diet. Do you need as much as a lot of people recommend? No. I mean, I I think there's a lot that's unknown about vegetables when it comes to the anti-nutrient thing. You're right. "Ah, Oxalates. Yeah. But I I think that, I think we have it wrong. I think that for, because for every yin, there's a yang, you know, there's always another side of the story. So the anti-nutrients that might be in there, I think are causing other things that are probably beneficial to the body mm-hmm. that we just because I just I don't believe that they're bad for you well the the evidence on vegetables is longevity I mean there's there's ample evidence on vegetables and fruits being healthy you know and so as I look at it if I was ever to quit wanting to perform optimally if I just want to perform, and when you say perform do you mean in the bodybuilding setting both both in the gym I mean to get I mean at the end of the day if you've I've been on low-carb diets I've been on keto diets. I've tried carnivore. I've tried all that. My training, no matter how much sodium and pre-workout and any ancillary, I could even add D-bowl to this. You know, it's just (laughs) carbohydrates are just freaking awesome. They're just awesome for training. They just are. uh, much easier to to tolerate a caloric deficit in uh, in my own experience. Much easier to, to handle a caloric deficit 
with a little bit of carbohydrates in your system and extreme amounts of protein. You're absolutely correct. So I think if, but if I'm just trying to maintain, if I'm just trying to live my best life and I don't want to count calories, you know, a controlled carbohydrate, adequate fat and, you know, a protein, lean protein diet and lean protein, wild salmon. I consider that lean protein. I think it's 20, I think it's 30 grams and you get like seven grams of fat for a good, you know, um, Pacific wild salmon. So, I mean, I'm not saying just eat tilapia. I hate, I won't eat tilapia. Uh, you couldn't mm-hmm. pay me to eat that friggin' ghetto ass fish. I haven't had that in years. It's God. so bad. It like eats its own poop or something too, it, right? It's, it's, it's like, it's like a, it, it's like a, a catfish type bullshit fish. And yet for bodybuilders, Gross. they love it because there's no fat. Yeah, but I'm eating fish. I want that fat. You can if eat. You can eat orange roughy. Oh God, we told that story yesterday. Um, orange roughy, don't overdo it. Why? Oh, you. Oh no. Orange roughy has a weird type of fat in it that has like a wax type of thing to it, yeah. so you don't digest it, which is great because it doesn't count as calories. Nice. Uh, however, well, <laughs> so when I was when I, I was actually. I was guest posing, or, I think I was guest posing or prepping, and I was in Texas, and um, so I went to the store, and I'm cheap. Those who know me, I'm the cheapest man you'll ever meet. Um, so I went to the store to buy some tilapia because I was dieting, right? And that's what you dieted on. Again, I've gone through many diet phases, and I was eating only fish. I was a pescatarian at the time. Oh. So I'm like, Orange Ruffy, you know, I knew Jen Hendershot. She lived in my neighborhood back in the day. She used to diet on Orange Ruffy. I'm like, I bought like two pounds of that shit, man. Mm. Cooked in a hotel room. I had an extended stay. And um, that's all I ate. And so I went to the bathroom that night. And there was like, you ever see like oil and vinegar when you mix up salad dressing and it's just <laughs> the brown shit flows to the top? Mm-hmm. That's how my, I had like that in the water. Like there was drops of oil dropping from my butthole in the water. And, um, so the next day, you know, it's that I, orangey, uh, red hot sauce, buffalo wing butter mixture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the next day I'm, I'm like walking around and it felt like my butt cheeks were lubricated when I was uh, walking. So I, I, you know, I go oh to the, no. I'm going to the bathroom and, you know, in a public restaurant, I pulled out my pants. I'm like, my, if they're brown. I'm leaking. Oh, and so leakage. I go and we're at, we're at like, we're at like Applebee's <laughs> or something. Right. And I go to, I go to, I'm like, my buddy at the time, Mike George in Texas, his wife, Lori was a nurse and she also was a competitor. I'm like, I think something's wrong. I think my liver's failing or something. Like why? I'm like, well, my, my fucking, my, my butt, I'm leaking this oil. It's coming out of my butthole. I don't know what to do. And they're like, she goes, did you eat orange roughy? I'm like, Hey, like a pound and a half. And she's like, Ah, yeah, that's, that's that orange oil. And I'm like, what the hell's orange? And in Texas, it's not oil, it's oil. Yeah. Because they can't pronounce anything in the <laughs> South. And I'm like, well, what's that? Ah, oh, yeah, don't do that again. I haven't eaten orange roughy since. But imagine if you don't know what's going on, all of a sudden your butt starts leaking, mm-hmm. like, and you have, like, motor oil coming out of your butt. It wasn't a good situation. Mm-hmm. Dude, we need to make uh, orange roughy bars. according according to this uh thing on pubmed it basically says that there's a fatty acid in there and fatty alcohols that have uh wax esters in there um and because of because of that it it kind of almost acts as like a fiber it it, uh indigestible yeah it was definitely indigestible (laughs) and it was it scared the living bejesus out of me man it was it was tough i thought i thought my body was falling apart I thought everything was just falling out of me. Like I was melting. Like it was crazy. Mm. God dang. <laughs> That's disgusting. That. What are you doing uh, for this prep? Anything? Was there anything uh, special? Is there anything uh, like what, what is your, I guess, standard go-to uh, prep that you like to do? Do you go 12 weeks, 16 weeks? 
Um, I do know that you like to get like really, really lean. Because my genetics suck. I have a horrible body, so I have to get lean in order to stand out. So, I mean, I don't have the in best structure. In order for people not to recognize all your flaws. Yeah, you exactly. They're like, oh my God, is that his kidney? And they don't notice my arms suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like when people online like say, hey, bro, your arms are bad. I'm like, hey, bro, I own a mirror. What's bad about your arms? They're what just not, they? they're not, they're not proportionate to my chest and back. Nothing I, like I can your, do about it. I like your arms. Well, I mean, if I'm looking like at myself. Like said, it looks smooth and silky. They really do. <laughs> if, if I'm, um, if I'm being objective about my own physique I can see what everybody else can see man I got you know I have a really good torso and I got my arms are good if I weighed like 30 pounds of mass less in my chest and my back it is what it is good middleweight arms shitty heavyweight arms it is what it is um calves uh, my structure is actually pretty good um good quads good hamstrings my glutes come in sharp but honestly for me it's um you know enough fat to process things around 70 grams of fat Protein's around 280 right now, which with a weight of 220 is a good amount of protein. And um, carbohydrate is anywhere between three to 500 grams, depending on the day. So I'll have two days a week where I'm at about 500 grams of carbs and then two at about 300. But I eat um, food sources. I'm good. I'm mostly 90% of my meat intake is, is going to be fish. I like fish. It just digests good for me. I love it's salmon. It's pretty easy to eat usually. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And, um, you know, Vegetable wise, I get asparagus usually, broccoli. I just like them. I cook them on my Traeger grill. It comes out phenomenal. And uh, carbohydrate, usually sweet potato, banana, or cream of rice digest really easy for me. Are you the kind of guy who doesn't really care that much about what type of carbohydrate here and there, or is it strictly like rice potato type of deal? For me, it's all about digestion. You know, um, when I travel, it's I, I take whey protein and uh, and rice cakes, and then I eat when I can, and I try to hit my macros as on point as possible. When I travel, it's give or take ten percent. Yeah, rice cakes work. They work really well for like you know giving you a little boost for training and things like it's that. It's ten grams of carbs per cake. You can eat. I can literally eat. That's 30 friggin' rice cakes for my lowest carb day. 30 rice cakes. You're literally eating rice cakes all day long. I mean, if you need a snack and you need to fill carbs, like rice cakes for dieting is phenomenal. I know they're, they lack micronutrients. Right. But you know what? I take, I own a supplement company. And we talked about this yesterday. Yes. There's a difference. And I own a supplement company, but I'm not an ass. You know, I understand, look, if you eat a sweet potato right now, eight ounces, that's 600 milligrams of potassium. If you take that in pill form, there's a chance your heart will stop. There's a difference between food vitamins and pill vitamins, synthetic versus natural. There just is, mm -hmm. you know, so that's why I recommend, you know, I get those colorful vegetables when I can. I get the sweet potato. I get the asparagus and the broccoli. You know, I get the, the meat and meat is so good for you. And that's why, you know, I, I can't be a vegan. You know, meat's the healthiest thing. And if you look at it just empirically, I don't care what you're supplementing with. There are some phenomenal vegans out there. This kid on Instagram. Conscious muscle looks phenomenal. Guy like rescues pigs. I love mm. the guy. He's a great guy. Over the top vegan animal rights guy, but he lives by the sword. He literally saves pigs. Mm. The guy's gangster. I love anybody who stands for what they believe in, right? Anybody who's for the cause. But, you know, a lot of vegans, if you look at people when they usually go from meat to vegan to meat or from anyway, usually you look very unhealthy. Mm. There's a lot of deficiencies. And there's ways to supplement around it, but I think any diet, even though it's someone who sells supplements, any diet that requires supplements to be whole is not a good diet. 
And if you want to say, and I'm you a, might include a bodybuilding diet in that scenario, because yes. sometimes when you come down to the end, you kind of need supplementation because you're not eating as much food. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I always take certain things, greens, you know, I always make sure they're in my diet. And supplements are just that they supplement your diet, but they don't substitute. You know, that's where a lot of people come in. It's like you're either pro or anti supplement. I'm like, what if you're pro food and pro supplement? Like everybody takes this, this vehement, like <laughs> supplements are bad, this bad because they're trying to sell you stuff. It is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, like everybody who's come out against supplements, um, be it Sean Baker, Allow McDonald, two guys I have tremendous respect for, they all ended up selling books, you know, and that's fine. I'm not against that, but. There's always a cap. If you look, you follow the money. You know, you have to stand for something. You have to. You have to take a position. So if I'm going to come out and tell you all you need is two ribeyes a day and butter, you know, I can't tell you, hey, by the way, you know, if you looked into maybe supplementing some vitamin C, no, it's not going to argue that vitamin C is unnecessary. So it makes complete sense. But I do agree. I do agree with the carnivores. I agree that you really only need meat to survive. But I'm not talking about survival. None of us want... Who in this room... From cross to everybody over there to you guys wants to be survive. Hanging on by survive. a thread. Yeah. No. I want to be optimal. And yeah, you know, supplements, some of them are bullshit, but everything I do has science behind it because I take it all myself. Ask cross. He's sitting there an hour this morning, an hour night watching me take my pills. Like I'm literally, I'd be a, the king of deep throating based on my <laughs> pill swallowing experience. <laughs> I like that. that. Was good, <laughs> Mark. I, I have a quick question for you, and we can we can come back to the supplements. I'm getting a bad look for that. One. <laughs> That's like my wife. Did did you just channel my wife? That was the look I get every day because she literally her office is right across from mine we built our house like that where we have separate offices but she could see me oh that's cute she, nah, it's better than sharing an office right? yeah. our marriage would not last <laughs> but she'll give me that look she'll just look at me like what the hell did you just say that's that look that was nice that was nice she's gonna i'm gonna good touch i wish someone took a picture of that <laughs> and put your face next to hers you know, other than the blonde hair <laughs> It was perfect. You you mentioned your 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 abdomen area. Yeah. I know you had surgery there, but I think you also mentioned that it, you're happy with how it's uh, it's shaped better, or it's it's yeah. you're leaner there. Was that because you lost muscle after the surgery, or did you change something in your training that allowed you to lose some muscle there? Because people want to actually try to do it that. Sucked all the fat out of there. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, my obliques are still thick, which gives the illusion of a of a better bone. This bone, like I yeah. can't lose anything here. And I'm just lean, but here, I actually think having thicker obliques, if you actually lends to a better V taper, because you come in from your lats, nice obliques, and you come in, it also gives you more room to striate, to get the nice little nooks and crannies. At the end of the day, I'll never stop deadlifting and squatting, you know? And wearing a, like, what I never understood, and this is bodybuilder logic, is, oh man, you know, I'm going to wear a belt all during my workout to bring my waist in. You do realize the whole point of belts is to increase your intra-abdominal pressure. Like, you're doing the opposite. Like, that's just a complete disconnection with physiology. The whole point of a belt, like, the belt, like, the, the stupid bodybuilding ones where they're bigger in the back. When's the last time you hyperextended on mm-hmm. it? Like, who designed that shit? Mm-hmm. Like, a belt is meant to be the same all around. In fact, I'd even want it bigger here right. so you could push out against when you push yeah, a belt out is not necessarily like it does work for your back but it works for your back via you blowing your stomach up into it so what does that do the bodybuilders say man i brought my waist in i was wearing a belt the whole time i'm like actually you did the opposite you recruited more abdominal muscles so maybe that they did have that 
Swedish study where they had tar- maybe you target reduced because you activated your abs more, mm-hmm. but it's not taking your abs out of play. And then you got the I see pro bodybuilders and physique guys, and I don't want to. They're going to hate me for this, but I see them in the waist trimmers, and I'm like. I'm like, but there are people I actually, my training partner was wearing one and I didn't say anything. And I'm like, <sighs> come on, bro. You can't, you can't be silent. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want, I didn't want to bring it up, man. It was like religion and politics. Those I'll bring up, but I won't bring up waist trimmers. People get really defensive about waist trimmers, but I, I've seen people I really respect. What, uh, put them on. what supplements do people, what supplements can people in general really benefit from? I, 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 we all know that you don't necessarily need them. We all know that you sell them, but like, what have you seen that works really well? I know for myself, you know, whey protein has been something I've utilized <clears throat> since I started, you know, and I, and I like it. I enjoy it. Uh, the flavors have gotten a lot better over so the good, years. Yeah. I mean, they, they've advanced quite a bit. What have you seen? What are some things that, you know, what are four or five things that people should probably invest in when they can? Well, we, we're in the COVID era, and I don't want to make any recommendations. I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying these replace proper medical treatment, testing, whatever, blah, 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 whatever the legal people say. I'm not saying these do it, but I think you got to look at the data of what's going on and what's in our environment right now, what's more important. And health and all that are very important, but you look at the data that is currently available on things like quercetin and viral replication, vitamin C, vitamin D, 85% of hospitalizations were vitamin D deficient in New York during COVID, the outbreak, when it really went crazy there. Vitamin D, quercetin, vitamin C. What's quercetin, by the way? Quercetin, I've never heard of it. Quercetin is... Is um, it part of like CoQ10? Or am I you know off? what? Um, as for what it comes from, it's mm. actually, I actually know this, but it's skipping my brain right now. So I'm going to totally butcher it. Look it up, Andrew. But look it up. How would I spell that? Q-U-E-R-I-C-T-I-N. Quercetin. Quercetin. I think it goes well with like vitamin C or yeah, something. Yeah, so as well quercetin, I believe it's um. So it's uh, a plant pigment flavonoid. Well, that's a cool flavonoid, word. Yeah. Flavonoid. There you go. Sorry, I can't read either. It is found in many plants and foods such as red wine, onions, green tea, apples, berries, ginkgo, ginkgo biloba, Saint John's wort, American elder, all kinds of shit. Buckwheat. Antioxidant. Probably. Yeah. All mm. kinds of yeah, stuff. So it, it it does have tremendous data on star application. It's actually been a liken to. HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, which I know is a bad word on the internet now, but it has been. Um, so you have quercetin, vitamin C, vitamin D. Um, dosing would be probably, you know, 500 milligrams a day of quercetin. Vitamin C, about two grams, split mm-hmm. in a couple doses. And then vitamin D, 5,000 um, 5, I use. Yeah. 5,000 I use vitamin D. I'm, the only one I make of those is vitamin D. I make a vegan one. Um, called Wait, Vega D3. So it's, what makes it vegan? So it's usually a vitamin D is uh, derived from sheep wool grease, which is lanolin. Hmm. Um, whereas ours is uh, from lichens, which is a moss that grows on the side of hills and stuff. So, wow. yeah, so ours is, all, so I actually, actually found that doing, I get my blood work done frequently. It mm-hmm. actually had my vitamin D levels higher. And that could also be the fact that I was getting more sunlight living in Tennessee versus Illinois, but Whatever, take that for what it's worth. Um, health supplements, number one, we make something called nectar, which I always take from ambrosia, which is great for overall organ and body health. What's in that? Like is, yeah, what, what's in it? Everything from liver support items, you know, from to red yeast rice and stuff like that. Um, just really good overall health ingredients mm-hmm. that, um, again, it's something that if you want to look it up, that's something I always travel with. Um, as far as performance, creatine, 
Yeah. You know, beta alanine is optional, but it helps. Um, Pico 2 has been shown to have similar results as beta alanine. Pico? <laughs> what's, what's Pico? Peak. P-E-A-K-O-2. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a cordyceps type mushroom blend that actually has gone head to head with beta alanine with similar performance benefits. You know what it is? Nope. Oh, okay. I thought I thought. It was well, I know the cordyceps mushrooms, but the Pico, I'm thinking like Pico the guy. It's crazy that you're mentioning so many supplements that I haven't heard. Like, it's not like I cre- take a crazy amount of subs, but like I've never heard of Pico 2, never heard of quercetin, like... Damn. Yeah, I mean, a lot of new stuff. You know, there's a lot of new stuff coming out. I had to re-research with the 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 virus. Look, I'm afraid of getting sick as much as anyone else, and I'm a health nut. So, you know, I started researching everything I could when this thing came out. Like, how can I best protect myself and my family, and how can I contribute to society with some uh, advice? You know, but at the end of the day, I think we need to look past supplements and look at certain things that a lot of us don't get enough of, um, which is sunlight. Which is exercise, you know, and those are things that are tantamount. Like those are things that we overlook that should be on everybody's list of what to do. But I always love a good pre-workout. I love, I still love BCA during training. I just, I I like them. The data is sufficient enough for me to recommend that, you know, um, but as far as going crazy and over the top, a lot of things out there are just, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. And that's why when people go like, oh, you're a scam artist, I'm like, my top two sellers are whey protein and a snack bar. <laughs> like, mm, I, I don't know if that's like... They're versions of food. Kind yeah, of, yeah, I mean, I'm basically selling mostly food. Yeah, we do really well on supplements. And I'll stand by pre-workout with creatine, beta alanine, uh, betaine, which is a great power supplement. It's a good addition. It's very inexpensive to add. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I mean, look at what we're doing here. Like, tell me, you take something like this, which is phenomenal. This, this works. It works. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the hell is in it, but it works. And I'm just playing. You know, you take certain things, you know, they work. Like we know that MCT, we know that we're talking about C8, it's mm-hmm. benefits. The C8 version of MCT, that's something we've been, we have Forte. You know what though too, I, the way I look at it is, um, you know, if you don't have the money to invest in, it's totally understandable, yeah. but I look at it like, uh, it's just kind of fun. Yes. Like I'm going to implement this and see what happens. You know, oh, last time I did that bodybuilding show, you know, I used rice. I want to see what happens if I use a sweet potato. Like just as small little changes. You know, last time I did this, I didn't I didn't know anything about salt. Now I know more about salt. I want to see what's going to happen with that. And you just make these small little changes. Uh, did it work? Did it seem to help anything? It's not something that you and with supplementation, it's not something you need to have all the time. You know, so you don't need to feel like you need to have it all the time. Certain things like vitamin D, it might be good to take that yep. often. But I would say with the with the exception of a couple of supplements, uh, which are mainly vitamins and minerals, mm-hmm. um, you probably don't necessarily need them daily. You probably don't necessarily need them all the time. Nope. But why not bring creatine in for a few weeks and just kind of see what happens? You know, bring in more protein, see what happens, see how it works. I want to ask you a question in a second, but... As far as something you said that I forgot, and it's salt and electrolytes, and a lot of people just don't get enough. Salt has been vilified because the government is run by stupid people who make stupid recommendations. You have idiots like Bloomberg taking it off the tables in New York. Most of us who exercise and train were, I I was deficient in sodium once, and I didn't know what it was because everybody was like, and I couldn't get a pump. I didn't have a vein. It's the one thing I purposely put salt. I, I put I put salt in my uh, not here, but in my other sh- my other mm-hmm. shaker cup. I always put you yeah, know I put I, it in coffee. I put it in all kinds. Yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. You need salt, sodium. I like the whole forms of salt. I like Himalayan. I like sea mm-hmm. salt, 
anything that's whole because there's other minerals in there beside the salt. What outside of food is your favorite supplement outside of food? Outside of food, I would say, especially right now, what I probably consume the most of would be like a whey protein, which I guess is sort of like a That's supplement. That's food. So yeah, let's say yeah, the pills, food, yeah. powders. Yeah, yeah. Let's say pre-workout, pills. Um, I've been on a, lo- a pretty large dose of uh, vitamin D for six years, eight years. How much? Six, eight um, years? Yeah, probably around oh, somewhere wow. around there. Um it, I kind of go through different phases because it's a it's a fat soluble, you know, yes. so it can stack up in your system a little bit. Um, but I would say it'd be rare for me to not get in like ten or twenty thousand wow. IQ. I, I take I take a lot, and I've been like I used to get sick quite a bit. Do you get a lot of sunlight? Do you go out in the sun a lot? Or I try to get the sun a lot. I mean, we have these fires going on right now, but yeah, I go on ten minute walks, you know, multiple times a day. So I try to get some sunlight as well. To, and and when I do take the vitamin D, I try to take it with a, a, a meal that has some fat in it, you know, kind of in the hopes that it will, you know, latch on to you a little bit better. But I think, you know, all the research, all the different information about like whey protein or about any of these supplements, um, like, like about whey protein, how it can, uh, you know, um, kind of act almost like a carbohydrate. It can hit you so hard mm-hmm. and things like that. Like these, th- these things are true. But they're only true in a sense of like when they tested it, who they tested it on and under the circumstances. If you eat, if you have a whey protein shake with um, some hamburger meat, that changes everything, you know, changes the dynamics of how it works. And um, my understanding is like the most available amino acids that we have are through like uh, eggs, whey protein and beef. Mm-hmm. The most bioavailable. So why not take advantage of, you know, things like whey protein and why not take advantage of, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, even just, uh, you know, putting cinnamon on things or even having potassium with a meal uh, can help stabilize blood sugar a little bit. So there's just a lot of little tricks. Is it going to make a huge difference? Or you'd be like, oh my God, the potassium's really working. Like you're not going to be like freaked no. out by the way, the potassium is working in your system, but good potassium. Yeah. It can assist you over a long period of time. Like I said, it's just kind of fun. You start to learn some of the chemistry of it and you're like, I just want to try this for a while. See what, see what happens. And whey protein isn't just a food. They actually, I got really into the government for some reason is starting to block N acetylcysteine in products. Cause they said that there were some patent or medical whatever on it back in the 60s and they're just now acting on it nac is used in liver support products and also hangover relief products so as i looked into it i actually looked into some of will brink's work will brink's a really smart guy he's been in the industry since the beginning i think he's been around a long time and he has some phenomenal research on that he's posted in articles he's done on gsr which is glutathione which is a phenomenal antioxidant you know antioxidant activity, um, which has been implicated in, in viral replication and all those different things. So as they're go, getting rid of NAC, people are asking me, what should I take? I'm reading up what will bring stuff. I'm like, holy crap, whey protein actually expresses or induces this GSR release mm-hmm. as good or better than NAC. So when people say, whoa, don't eat whey protein, don't, don't drink that, just eat steak. I'm like, well, steak's good. But whey protein has its place and it can definitely help you. And that's why I hate, like, just like politics, I hate when people identify, like, I'm a carnivore, I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, whoa, 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 what if, don't, like, it's cool to try new diets. I've tried all of them. All right. I've even been a vegan, which is freaking terrible. Um, <laughs> but 
you get, you got to keep your mind open. If I look it, at collagen. It came, you know, it came and it went and people were like, it doesn't have the right amino acid profile. And now it's back. It's it, and, and also <laughs> like, if you look at it, keto, keto has its place. And like I said, I think it's evolving. I think now, I mean, I, I almost got called gluconeogenic diets where they're heavy on protein. Cause like we were talking about the preference, like your body also it's inefficient, but your body can make carbohydrate out of protein gluconeogenesis it's genius your body is smart your body makes ketones because it has to but it's a phenomenal energy source so my thing is if you're already converting the protein to gluconeogenesis you supplement with bhbs and maybe some mct some c8 powder some fuerte we have an ambrosia whatever you want to do however your mcts that's fine induce those exogenous ketones get the exogenous ketones in your body so your brain can operate on that well, shoot, maybe we didn't have to have fat as high. Maybe we could do a higher protein diet and literally make it almost impossible to gain fat based on the evidence that's coming out. Like, we're learning every day. Well, and then people will say that ketones are useless, but it's like, well, okay, maybe there was a misunderstanding of them. Just because you take ketones does not mean that you're on a ketogenic diet. But if you want to be able to potentially fight cancer or potentially fight against Alzheimer's or dementia or some of these things, ketones might be a great idea. And if you're in a caloric deficit, now you just have another energy source. So it just kind of depends on what you're trying to say something works for. I think you mentioned earlier about ice, you know, the guy that kind of came up with that whole concept, his whole thing when he started to kind of bash ice wasn't necessarily that ice doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. His whole thing was that ice doesn't do what we thought it did. Well, I mean, ice is great. Um, if you lose a limb, I think that's where they, because mm-hmm. cre- in World War One, they were, they had, you know, people getting their arms blown off and they're like, well, we got to put this on ice so it doesn't die, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, there's, there's definitely an application for ice, but for injury repair, for recuperation, like if you're sore, the worst thing you can do is ice. Like it's bad. It's not good. If you have a swollen ankle, last thing you want to do is stop that recovery process. It might feel good because it kind of numbs it. I know like when I fell with the, my squat. Um, I iced my foot a bunch, you know, and then I talked with uh, Sturette and he was like, Kelly Sturette, he was like, don't ice it. He goes, wrap it, you know, compress it. So I iced it, you know, for a few days. And then once I got that information, I stopped doing that. There was, there was no recognizable change when I was icing it. Like I would, I would ice it for 20 minutes and there, there was no change in the size of like my ankle. Yeah. I would wrap it and I would keep it wrapped for about five minutes and my daughter would help me take it off and she'd go, dad, your ankle's a lot smaller. Mm. Like you could physically see that it shrunk way down. You know, it was, it was doing what it was supposed to do uh, right there at the moment. And then of course it would swell back up. But what is that kind of doing? It's getting blood in and out of the area over Bingo. and over again. Bingo. And is, is it really, should it be legal for someone to be as smart as Sturette? Like that guy's too smart. I don't like Brilliant. him. I don't like him at all. He makes me feel stupid. Smart and flexible. Yeah. He's a flexible, smart man. But I think, you know, I think just looking at things, people always, the beauty of research is you never say proves, you know, you say it indicates mm. or, you know, there's evidence, you know, when, when, a, when a scientist says proves, it usually shows they have an agenda or it shows that they're, you know, they're trying to state something as a fact when facts are very hard to come about. You could say, well, the research heavily indicates and that goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. Like as someone so skeptical on everything I do personally from a supplementation standpoint who reads studies every single day for what I do, when I see people state that things are fact 
and they're not fact. And they say, if you question the facts, you're against science. I'm, I'm talking about masks. That pisses me off. Mm. Well, Be- even but even good science is against science. That's the whole point. Bingo, you're supposed to disprove. <laughs> the whole point of studies <laughs> yeah. is to disprove. Right. You know, and, you know, when you, when you have no data on something, and that's why, you know, a lot of supplements start out as a hypothesis. For example... You look at fenugreek extract. I believe it's testafin is the trademarked ingredient. They, uh, they found out it worked on men because they gave it to a bunch of women for something. I forgot the exact story. But these women were, and it's testafin, it's a trademarked ingredient. And these women were like, they were getting pregnant. And they're like, whoa. And it was because two things. One, it was slightly increasing their fertility, it appears. And two is that it was making them horny. They're having more sex. Like, what if we did this in men? Then they found out it had similar effects in males in testosterone and libido. So that's what research does. You might go after one thing and find another thing. And that's, that's why a good researcher, a good lab, or a good person at interpreting research will be able to look beyond it. And a lot of people just, you talk about the clickbait. You know, you talk about the clickbait on the news articles. Studies are the same way. You know, you got to look at the methodology. Like there was a study I read the other day. It's like, oh, this proves our product work. It was it was on this peanut butter that claims to have zero fatter carbs that I bashed. And I'm surprised they haven't sued me yet. But anyway, um, <laughs> but if they do everything, the FT seals. Don't worry. They, 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 There's no whole point of peanut butter to have some fat in it. Yes, yeah, so good. But my, my whole thing is, if you really did this, you just cured obesity, diabetes, and everything else. But anyway, um, so why would you waste it on a sport nutrition peanut butter? You just cured diabetes. But anyway, um. So like, hey, we get this study, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, cool. I read the study. It had three total subjects in it. And it was done at a very questionable lab. And I'm like, "Ah, I can do another video. You know, it was like, but I don't need to go after these guys. I'm not heavily involved in the peanut butter market. I'm not with Big Peanut. (laughs) But I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's my duty to get it out there that this is not cool. And people don't know how to read data. Like, oh my God, these three, these, the subjects, it didn't say three, the subjects gained, I'm like, how many subjects were there? What was the methodology? And what lab was this done at? And that's when I'm like, hmm. So you can make data. That's what crazy, crazy about the math thing is with data, they can literally do a study and have it say whatever they want. Cause most people can't read it anyway. And, um, you see that a lot. So with data, you have to read old data. Like if you're pro glute, like glutamine, there's another thing. Like at the beginning, you had some good data. And as we curse earlier and more and more, it's not a bad supplement. It just doesn't do what we thought it did. So if we just took the first studies or the first, you know, hypotheses for that, we'd still be buying tons of glutamine. But now it's a, it's a supplement that could help some people for some, but for most of us, no, it's, it's the most abundant amino acid in the body. But the initial application was, well, if it's the most abundant amino acid, we probably need more of it. Nah, not necessarily. Your intestine needs up most of it, but it could definitely help people with gastrointestinal distress. If you megadose it, Poliquin was giving mm-hmm. people 50 grams post-workout in lieu of glycogen. Poliquin hated carbs. <laughs> he did everything he could to make a more expensive way to get carbohydrate, but not have carbohydrate. Mm. And he was giving people 50 grams of BCA and 50 grams of uh, glutamine post-workout. And I think Milos, he did, and I don't know if he still does it, but it worked. But it was really expensive way to get glucose. Charles Polkman was really mean. He was like, if, if you're not below 10% body fat, you have no business eating carbs. It's like, man, that's a pretty fucking tough standard, bro. <laughs> he, but you know what? 
Paula Quinn is the most, and we're jumping all over the place. Yeah. He is the most underrated guy. He brought oh. so much. He brought us BCAA. He opened up the market for people to make millions of dollars. He brought us BCAA. Fish oil. Um, yeah, he brought us so many things. Um, bit anti-Semitic, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, he's definitely, he was definitely crazy. Oh, he was off ways. his rocker, but the guy, <laughs> his training methodologies and his nutrition applications were so far. It was like Dorian's training. You know, he didn't read stuff. He created stuff. And that's what made him special. So Paula Quinn is definitely somebody, even though he was crazy, and at the end he was, and he died really young too, which is sad. He had so much more to contribute to society mm-hmm. from a from just a, a just a information. And he standpoint. knew like seven languages or something. I mean, he was. Some people are really so smart. smart they're 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 a bit crazy. Yeah, you know, it's like the crazy hot matrix. But with smart people, <laughs> you know, he was nuts. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he brought so much to the industry. You know, real quick, I want to go back to the mask thing that you were talking about, because with everything that's going on right now and the amount of fear that there is, mm-hmm. masks are the, one of the toughest thing to try to argue with somebody who's positive about it. Because, I mean, when you just think about it, you're like, well, they're particles. A mask should work, right? So, I mean, I, I feel like it's just it's just too damn tough to have that argument. It's hard to discuss particle size. That yeah, yeah to the general. That's why I think the the videos of the dudes vaping through a mask was funny. Um, I think that dumbs it down. Where it just, I think also uh, just a just a decent point is like, you know, do you, do you really think the mask that you pull uh, from the floor of your car? <laughs> where you stepped in dog shit two weeks ago. Like, do you really think that's a good defense towards any virus or disease? Like, uh, really? Like, you really think that's great? Like, do we do we put food in our pocket and then, like, eat it later on? <laughs> you know, do you unpeel a banana and eat half of it and then stuff the banana oh, back in your pocket? Like, you would never, you would never, you would never do anything like that. But with this mask, I mean, stuffing it in your shorts and just kind of putting it wherever you can and using somebody else's mask. I mean, we all have probably been in these positions at this point and, um, I have no idea whether it defends against COVID-19 or whether it doesn't. I I don't believe that it does, uh, but I can't imagine that that's a healthy practice in any way. And I, I mentioned it to you yesterday is that they make such a big deal about certain things and then other things are still totally fine. <laughs> I, they need to eradicate handles. There's still fucking handles everywhere. They're everywhere. There's a handle to the bathroom. There's a handle like, can't we push stuff with our elbows or can't we push stuff with our where we have clothing, like push stuff with your hips or your butt or use your use your uh, shoe or something <laughs> like there are things you can open with your shoe. You can hook your heel to stuff and open doors that way. But it's just it's unbelievable. It's like, why? You know, why are we so crazy this way? And even the restroom, like the restroom, when you go to use the restroom, you wash your hands and then you still need to touch a door. You still need to grab mm-hmm. a door handle. <laughs> and there's no, there's just no, there's no science. There's no, uh, there's no way that you can tell me that that's like, that's safe in any way. It's kind of like the six feet rule where it changes by country. Like COVID has different distance carrying. Pre- like, like all I, all I'm asking for, and I will, if they, all I'm asking for is some data. You've had plenty of time. You have the re- you have trillions of dollars in funding mm-hmm. from the U S yet. This little bitch Fauci won't do it. It's like it, I could put the study together tomorrow if I cared. That's been verified. He is a bitch. Yeah, he, he is a little <laughs> bitch. I mean, that's that's a scientifically validated fact. You know, my my whole thing is, you know, I just want evidence. 
And if you prove to me that the mask will significantly decrease, and then, then there's another thing. Viruses will always be here. When do we get to take them off? Because psychologically, that's not a good place to be. Yeah. I don't want, I looked around yesterday at, at Walmart. I looked around at the airport. I'm like, this is not the new normal. I don't want this. I want to smile. I smile at people. I don't wear my mask right. I put it on my chin. I smile at people. See what Elliot Halstead, though? You had a see-through yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 well, that's great. Yeah, Elliot, Elliot's, wow, he's, he's so evolved throughout the years, hasn't he? <laughs> yes, he has. Now he's wrestling people in dirt and holding guns. and He's gone a totally different from Strength Project days, man. Yeah. Or whatever it was. But, yeah, I mean, back to the mask. Yeah, I, I just, all I want is data and consistency. Mm-hmm. But right now, if you don't, see there's some mind control and population control going on then you're you're just you don't want to see it and to to completely bash anybody who that's the thing you can't question it's like the whole crying racism thing well you know what i think what i said earlier if i was having a discussion with people who weren't on weren't open-minded not necessarily on my side and i say you know what i i think right now trump's well that's because you hate black people how did that even like get it's if you call someone a racist there's there's no like you can't come back like also like the nuclear family thing well i don't like black lives matter as a group i do think black lives matter but I, i don't like black lives matter because i do believe in a strong nuclear family so you're saying you don't like black people you know and that's the argument what a brilliant speaking of marketing what a brilliant thing black life you can't be against it's like we 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 love marxism well i don't like that part of black lives matter are you saying you want to kill all black people it's like whoa what a great name you know it's like i'm gonna call something like you know i love puppies you know and like i'm gonna have my platform be under i love puppies that you know we should send all jews back to israel right like, i don't like that you don't like puppies you you want to kill lassie you bastard you know it's like it, it, what a brilliant market like, dude i have a degree in marketing and even i'm like <laughs> but think about it you can't be again they stand for and like i look at stuff that's going on like the la teachers union this is i'm sorry to bring this up but they're like to come back from covid19 and they have four bullet points which aren't even related to the disease <laughs> defund the police was one of them i'm like you're a fucking teacher yeah like you evil bastards just go back and teach the damn kids all right, I'm sorry. That's where I lost it. And I love teachers, man. I'm a public school fan because I pay taxes. I'm not paying for private school too. I'm cheap. But anyway, I'm like, dude, you, you can't you can't expect me to take you seriously and be like, well, we want the safety of our kids, so we really want to stop paying police officers. I'm like, that's anti-safety. Like what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how that happens. Like, and if anybody can't look in and see. That there is something nefarious going on, I have no, I can't even argue with you. If you haven't seen it yet, like you're in the dark. I'm just moving on. I'm just moving on. That's why I don't engage with liberals anymore. I just don't. Oh, like oh, Trump's racist. Cool, he's racist. Great. Well, what am I going to do? Well, your guy, your guy voted against ending segregation. Like, and I'm not Trump's guy. Like, I, I can't say, and I don't want to be. People get mad at me for doing that. Well. I mean, you know, I don't really like Trump, but I'm voting for him. Why don't you like Trump? I'm like, I said, I'm voting for him. Shut up. I'm like, you finished. You don't need to argue. You don't need to sell me on him. I'm good. Unless somebody else jumps in, unless Tulsi runs third party, even then it'd be a wasted vote. Yeah. I like Tulsi. She's hot too. 
<laughs> can, can somebody let that out? Like, she's hot. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm voting for her because she's hot. But it's definitely a determining factor. You know, I'm not going to lie. Melania yeah, think, being on Trump's team, that, that definitely sways me. When I see uh, my wife and I are watching TV and like we're always watching these like murder mystery things. And uh, whenever the woman is hot, I'm always like, oh, man, it's like sucks so bad. She was so hot. <laughs> my wife's like, you're the worst. She's yeah. like, it just shouldn't matter who. I'm like, but it does matter. It's more impactful. It hurts mm-hmm. me. <laughs> uh, men, men, men are pigs. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean, no, it, it's good to have like Trump's a pretty decent looking 70 year old man. Right. It, it, it helps. To, like Obama was a great looking man. He's got his hair going for him. <laughs> Trump's good looking. Trump used to be a player, though. <laughs> I, I like. Look at Trump's wife. She's. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She definitely swayed me to his side. Yeah, she's, she's the fig- hottest first lady ever. He's figured it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Melania? That's so good. Uh, she. Uh, for a seven year okay, old guy. I'm, I'm, okay. Did I'm, you see her nudes? She's got really perky boobies. I haven't. Um, They're great. M- many may disagree on this, but I, like I do think Michelle Holy was better shit. looking than Melania. She also looks younger than Melania. I'm Melania not saying wears Michelle's a not lot good. of makeup. I'm, she not, like I'm a not saying Michelle's not doll. I'm not, I'm not saying Michelle's not attractive. I know. I know. You're just saying Melania is the. You said Melania is the hottest. But I first think Obama lady, which was I a good looking with. man too. He was very good looking. Very good looking. Very JFK, good looking man. Yes, he was Reagan too. Reagan wasn't. I don't remember know. what his JFK's wife looked like currently. I don't. I don't remember. But I remember. I've seen pictures like, oh, she was a good looking person. Yeah. And I would think because Melania just really looks like just fake. That's why I'm, I can't agree with you on that statement. I like fake stuff though. Fair I'm enough. A bodybuilder. Fair enough. <laughs> Shit. Fair enough. Fair I put enough. Synthol in my friggin' toes, man. Nice. Yeah, some huge big toes. We had a, a comment come in on the uh, on the live chat, and yes. it was uh, from Ramon saying like he's down to wear a mask if that means that he can like. Go, openly go to a, to a business or something. Yeah. So, what's your uh, re- response to something like that? Because I think a lot of people feel that way. They like I I I don't like masks either, but it's like shit. I have to go get groceries, so I'm gonna throw one on. I think the concern is is what's coming down the pipeline. Like where you know where we draw the line. What are you gonna tell me to do next? The That's Jew what? argument. You know when when do we? Well, you know what? If we just have to get rid of these friggin' Jews and put them on the bus, send them to the showers, have them do slave labor. You know, it, it, I know that sounds extreme, but that's how it starts. First, they take your guns. It's like, then okay, they start you can, burning books. They take yeah. down statues. You know, look, dude. I live in the South. I live in Tennessee. Confederacy. Like it there. It happened. I don't like Confederacy. I don't like any. I don't even like the Confederate flag. But guess what? That was like. What did Joe Rogan say in his um in his comedy? He's like, that's only three people ago. I'm sure you've seen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, dude. That's only two people ago that Confederacy was here. Two people ago. God, I fucking love that comedy skit. That was one of my favorite shows. <laughs> um, so think about it. Like, you can't erase history. Look, I don't want a statue of Adolf Hitler put in my fucking town square. I just don't want it. But it's part of history, and you know you gotta. You got to be concerned when the government tells you to do something with absolutely no evidence that it does anything. And you have to be concerned that every time something like this happens in history, they eradicate more and more and more of your rights. And that's something we need to be vastly concerned about. Look, I don't give a shit about putting cloth over my face, but as Americans, we should have the right to take risks. Like, if I want to go bungee jumping tomorrow, I'm allowed to go bungee jumping, right? Well, bungee jumping doesn't hurt anybody else. Cool. Then show me one study that shows that masks will help other people. Okay? And and also, like, what about people who have asthma? Like, if we're going, like, 
if we're going by percentage population who's like very small, 65 plus are really vulnerable to this disease. Whereas we never wore a mask for the flu and it kills predominantly kids. We never wore a mask for H1N1, it kills predominantly kids and infected over 60 million people. Okay, so where do we draw the line? And also, when do I get to not wear a mask? That's the question. Is this the new normal? I'm not going to accept that. Here's another key factor. The coronavirus is not that dangerous. That's a that's a major factor in the whole thing. So, yeah, I I get it. People want you to put it on. They're like, hey, it's not that big of a deal. Well, if it's not that big of a deal, why do I need to fucking wear it? The the virus, the information that will come out, hopefully it comes out at some point. Hopefully Mm -hmm. uh, these politicians and other people didn't marry their beliefs so strongly they can't ever get divorced from them but uh they may have you know and and maybe real numbers will never even appear but i just think the how dangerous this thing is in comparison to something like influenza like if it was influenza 19 i think we would have had a whole host of other problems happening i think if if influenza was new in 2019 this would have been a real tragedy because we would have had a lot of dead children on our hands and that would fucking suck mm. we had people die that were old that were within range of dying anyway, 40%. And the deaths haven't gone up in this country. Right. We're at the same level of deaths we were pre-COVID-19, which means that basically right. it's killing people that would have probably, I hate to say, it sounds so cold and callous, but unfortunately, Ben Shapiro says, if facts don't have feelings, um, and he's Jewish, so I had to quote at least one Jew, it's in my, it's in my book, <laughs> I signed up. Um, when I got my ownership of Hollywood, I had to agree to that. <laughs> but no, I mean, look... I hate to, it sounds really callous, but we can't stay inside and put masks on until people stop dying. At the end of the day, the people who died, the same amount of people who died this year, who died last year, died this year, just about within a very marginal, marginal range. And there's not a huge spike in deaths. And also as data comes out and we'll argue data, it turns out that people who died of strictly COVID is around 10,000. Mm-hmm. Now put that 10,000 is a lot of people. If you're in, if you're just talking about Mark Street, explain that to some people real quick because they're like, "What do you mean?" There's a just point, COVID? The point, point, point zero six percent. So basically, point six percent, whatever it was, six percent, six percent. So basically, people who died of COVID had two, one, one, I think it was one or more comorbidities. Mm-hmm. So a comorbidity c- could be anything from cancer to. Um, obesity. So there's a wide, wide range of comorbidities, but think about comorbidities. It means it contributes to death. So these people could have been picked off by flu, pneumonia, or a host of other infections or diseases. They could have fallen, gotten an infection and died. Um, So until I see overall death rate go up by hundreds of thousands, but even then let's put this in perspective. There are 350 million people in the USA. If the death, Deaths are truly over 150,000. Statistically speaking, how many people die of, um, what is it? I think it's like over a million people of malpractice. Mm. So do we ban doctors? Do we ban medical treatment? How many people die of car accidents? So it sounds really big and scary that 150, that's the worst case scenario when they guess 2 million, right? So let's say 150,000 or between 10 and 150,000 people died of COVID, right? All of those numbers don't scare me statistically because people die. It's a part of life. And like I said earlier, Woodstock was done during a pandemic. We had H1N1 here in 2009. 
And yet we have not just our country, we have Melbourne, Australia, literally going in and picking people off if they go over their hour of allowable outdoor activity a day. We have only one country of note who's done it correctly, and that's Sweden. And they have yet to give one fuck. And they are crushing it right now. And they've reached herd immunity, or at least close to. All we're doing with with lockdowns, I would say masks, but I don't think masks do anything to mitigate the spread of COVID. All lockdowns and all these stupid things like closing gyms do is delay our inevitable herd immunity. It's making this go on longer. And whether that's just from stupidity or nefarious reasons, I don't know. But I'm leaning towards stupidity. I don't know if these people are smart enough to be that nefarious. I think we're just governed by idiots and people want to do the right thing. And why not? Because if you say what Mark, myself and everybody in here saying today, if you say what we're saying, you're immediately labeled as evil, as not caring about grandma, as selfish, as er, ma, haircut, whatever they say about us. Well, I'm done being quiet. And I think those of us need to speak up because I've had people message me and say, you know what? You're right. I am changing minds. It might be one or two, but what if everybody with a voice changed one or two minds? And notice more people in fitness are speaking out against this than anyone else. You had that pro female body uh, volleyball player come out and say, I went into a store without a mask. Sorry, did it. Got a bunch of hate. All right, but how many minds did she change? Those people who hate her, they would have hated her for saying that anyway. How many minds? Maybe she changed two minds. You look at the fitness industry. You look at Bradley Martin refusing to close down his gym, turning off his water and power. That's a hero right there. You look at Attila's gym. If you look at where the fights or the battles are being won, it's in the gyms. Attila's gym is ground zero for fighting these lockdowns. Attila's gym. A strip mall gym in Belmar, New Jersey, which I will be going to in two weeks. I can't wait to go see those guys. Ian Smith is... Gets fined like 10 grand every day or something like that, right? Guess what? That is America right there. Somebody who has his own opinion. And it might or might not be right. It might or might not be wrong. But that's what makes America beautiful is we can disagree. But the one thing I think we need to all agree on is that these lockdowns and the masks are unconstitutional. And we have literally forfeited our constitutional rights in the guise of safety. And at the beginning, I'm okay with it because we didn't know. But as the data comes out, the fact they're doubling down on these lockdowns and these masks either proves that we're being governed by complete idiots or that we're being governed by Satan themselves. Well, it's a good lesson to learn that we should probably never be OK with it. We should never because be okay the beginning was the, the, the beginning of them being able to leverage. If, if everyone in the beginning was kind of like, fuck that. You know what tomorrow <laughs> is? You know what tomorrow is? That's month six of 15 days to flatten the curve. Six months. From 15 days to flatten the curve. You can never give an inch on your constitutional rights. Because once they start taking away, and I speak as a descendant from Holocaust survivors, we cannot let that happen. We can never let this happen. And I don't care what it takes. I don't care if it takes Second Amendment rights. That's why we have them for this very purpose. Second Amendment isn't there it's not there for us to protect our houses. It's there for it helps. Yeah. It's not written for us to protect our car from being carjacked in L.A. Second Amendment rights is literally to prevent what we're seeing right now. And that's tyranny. Like it or not, that's how it was written. There's nothing in the Second Amendment about hunting. Look for the word hunt. Go pull up the Second Amendment on uh, Google and type control F and type in hunt. It's not on there. They didn't give a shit about shooting deer. <laughs> They cared. The founders knew 
that as the government evolved, they would become power hungry and you would get career politicians. And here we are. And most of America is just bending over and taking it. But I still think America has its threshold, its limit. And I think we're there. You're starting people, to see it. We, were, we are starting to see people yes. protest e- even COVID and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think it's, uh, I think it's healthy for people to do so. And I think even just based off of what you just said, I would encourage people to go into supermarkets without a mask, you know, so even get another person or two to go with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, why not? Right. Just, you, know, you know what? I always keep mine there because yeah. I do respect private ownership of property and I'll have a mask, but luckily where I live, I don't have to protest. Right. Franklin, Tennessee. Again, I believe we have a, a rate, which by the way, at one point was at 0.55 till they realized they never updated the list. So we literally missed two weeks of school because of either an accounting error or because they're evil and they didn't want our kids to go back to school. Went from 0.5, which is it had to be under 0.5 to go back to school to 0.14 per thousand. Wow. So either we have idiots in Williamson County or we have evil actors behind the scenes trying to keep our kids out of school for whatever reason it is. So again, I don't have to worry about that. And one thing I did change my view on, don't leave your state. I left Illinois for tax purposes. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. And for the weather, dude, I'm not living there. But if I was in California, don't leave your state. Fight. Fight for your state. Your state is your home. Instead of giving up and moving to Tennessee like I did, and living a free life, breathing that free air without a mask. <laughs> no, instead of doing that, you know what? Fight. Do what Ian Smith is doing at Attila's gym. Make a change. You know, and that's what we need to do. And I'm not going to sit here and, and incite anything, but I'm saying, man, his, his history does not bode well in favor of those that roll over to government. It just doesn't. And I encourage you guys to read up on history. And those of you who are afraid of this virus, stay home. Stay home. Don't tell me to stay home. I'm not telling you to leave your house. You can Netflix and chill all day long and watch (laughs) cuties. I don't care what you do. Okay, I do care about that. But, But that's the thing, guys. I'm just here because I love my country. And I will do what I can. I see us going down a dangerous path of tribalism and just being completely subservient sheep, which throughout history leads to genocide. Yes, I made that leap. There's going to be some other information that comes out. Um, and when the information comes out, I mean, it will start to just be more and more undeniable that this whole thing was uh, what I've said from the beginning, a hoax. You know, and people are like, it's not a hoax. It's not a hoax. It's real. Uh, a hoax does not necessarily mean that it's not real. It just means that we've been, there's been a lot of deception going on. And this is this is the biggest deception that this country has ever faced. It's the biggest deception that the world has ever faced, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. And even when it comes to testing, you know, they'll keep trying to hammer us with the cases. You have to realize we've had people on the show that have come on and said, you know, they blame COVID on just about everything. We already know that side of things. Mm-hmm. But they also, when it comes to COVID-19, the type of testing that they do, it, if there's any remnants of PCR, which mm-hmm. can happen from other viruses as well, if there's any remnants of that, then it still counts as uh, COVID. And so the, just the, the story is not out all the way yet. But when it does come out, we're going to look back and say all of that shit was a waste of time, a waste of energy. 
the thing is, is it worth it? Was it, was any of it worth it? Mm-hmm. Because you got to think about the, the amount of, the amount of money, right? And, and I think people always get money a little twisted, but money fucking kills people. It does. When you, when you drain people's money, you drain people's life over a period of time mm-hmm. because that's just the way society works. It puts a demand. That's, that's the way it works. It's our currency. It's how we are able to obtain things. And when you start to drain that out, you start to really mess with people and we end up losing more. So in the end, it, there's, there's no scenario where this will ever make any sense to where any of this has ever been worth it whatsoever. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, again, I, I wasn't a fan of it at the time, but I understand the initial reaction. I, I can I can give you eight weeks. I can give you eight weeks. But as data came back, and we started learning more and more and more. The fact that you still have New York, Illinois, California, Michigan, the fact you still have these states doubling down and even saying they might need to lock down again. That's either complete ineptitude or Again, it's something beyond evil where I saw a video. This is I we were living in an apartment for six months until uh, um, till our house was built in Tennessee. So we're living in a twelve hundred five people in like a twelve hundred square foot apartment lockdowns. It wasn't bad in Tennessee and our kids, no friends. They closed school after they were there for like a month. Like they, it, the soccer was over and. I'm sitting there and I'm why my wife sends me a video on Facebook and I'm like, it was this guy who was kid. He went and built a well. Kid was healthy and everything. And uh, kid goes out, his monitor breaks, his computer monitor breaks. That was his only attachment to the world. Killed himself. Healthy kid. And at that point, I realized that our kid's only connection to the world was that computer monitor. And all of our kids had their lives taken away from them. Now they go to school. They can't even smile at their classmate because they're wearing masks. What do you think that does psychologically to children? What do you think that does for the next generation? So at that point, every day I lived in fear of my kids committing suicide. Because that kid was normal. He had a good father. He's gone forever. For a disease that doesn't kill kids. More kids in California died in Kobe Bryant's plane crash or helicopter crash than died of COVID-19. Think about it. And for that, you have kids out of school, outside of sports. Think about it. Kids are missing their senior year where they're working for scholarships. Guess who's getting those scholarships? Kids in Arizona, kids in Tennessee. Remember how fun those times were? Those were the best. (laughs) We were just talking about Coach Miles, Leon Hatton. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't have existed. Because of a weak-ass virus that doesn't affect kids and masks, who cares if they work? I'm serious. You can't smile at your neighbor? Really? We're giving elbow bumps? The fuck is that? You're going closer to do that. Like, what? And we're then touching handles. The sheer, like, cross is probably getting sick of me. For every, I'm like, this is fucking clown Like, what, what are we doing here? And, and then I can't. I can't understand anybody. The voice is muffled. They're behind a plastic shield. We're living in a clown world and people are just, oh, well, it's saving lives. We're all in this. We're not all in this together. We're all in this together. Tell it to the guy who lost his job, who's on unemployment. Tell it to that guy. And is 
everyone that's dead, are they, did they not practice these things? Did they not wear a mask? Did they not have social distancing? Did they hear the information too late? Like, what's the excuse, you know? Well, there's no excuse. The excuse is that we've been sold a bill of goods, and a lot of people are so, they refuse to admit they were wrong. And we're at a point now where I, look, I'm the first one to say evidence, evidence, evidence. I'm, I'm frigging sure that we're doing this wrong. I think some are doing it right. South Dakota did it right. The beauty of the United States is 50 sovereign states. They're all governed by their independent president, the governor, right? Tennessee did it 80% right. 60, 60, 70 maybe. California, you're batting about 2%, you know? Um, but other than that, like other than a cup handful of states, which by the way, have way less death rate than New York and California because we didn't shove people in nursing homes with COVID. What did South Dakota do, by the way? What's up? South Dakota. What did they do? Nothing. Oh, Christy Noam is the gov. She needs to be president. She is amazing. She's hot. So notice hot chicks are just smarter. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, I think we should have like, I think you're impartial, but go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I really do think that the states that did it right. South Dakota, Tennessee did a pretty good job. Texas did. Okay. Florida did. Okay. You know, but South Dakota just, they pulled a Sweden on us, man. She's like, no, I'm not taking away. That's unconstitutional. I'm not doing it. She refused to do it, you know, and you know what Trump, I've been the most vocal against Trump. I don't think he should ever done the 15 days, but he had no choice. Imagine if he didn't do 15 days. He's getting shit for not like, dude, Biden's the one who said that closing down the border to China xenophobic. Suddenly Trump didn't close it down (sighs) fast enough. Like they're literally lying and just doubling down on the lies. I'm like, why didn't we? Well, Trump didn't do enough. I'm like, so you think Biden's plan of leaving the flights open to China was better? Like, again, it's if you do a decision like it's automatically racist. Xenophobia is racism. Basically, Mm -hmm. It's, it's racism to foreign countries, whatever. Racism is it's it's a fucking straw man. It's a straw man. You can't argue against it. Because if you argue against it, then you're not anti-racist. I don't even know what the fuck that means. You know, we can't have tangible arguments anymore because we point to stupid things, things we can't fucking c- control. Pigment. I can't control that I was born white. Like, I can't control that my ancestors came from Europe. It was cloudy as fuck. And somebody else's ancestors came from Africa where it's really hot. I can't control that. Like, we can't control. We control we are character. We can't control. Yeah. We can't control our pigment. I mean, that's just the stupidest shit I've ever heard. We stood, we had a guy in the elevator last night. We're going up to the room, man. I'm like, they didn't have masks on there. I'm like, you can come in. He's like, oh, we didn't have masks. We, we forgot them. I'm like, no, come on in. And he's, I'm like, oh, where are you guys from? I had an accident. I'm from South Africa. I'm like, oh, so you're an African American. <laughs> he's like crazy. He said they were like, it was funny. I'm like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm more African than pretty much most people here. Technically, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was so funny, but he was, they were just cool people. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things where he's from Africa, right? Like, he's an African-American. Like, who cares? I never under- That's why I can't empathize with racism. That's why I might sound insensitive to a lot of people who talk about racism, because I don't understand it, and I can't empathize with it, because I don't feel when that you say way. you can empathize with it, what do you mean? I can't. someone's em- going to hear I that. I cannot like, empathize with people who are racist. I can't. Empathy means you can put yourself in some... That's one quality that humans have that separates us from apes gotcha. and i don't even know I don't, i've never been an ape but i kind of look like one you know <laughs> you know i have long arms i have great deadlifting arms by mm-hmm. the way yeah i mean i've we humans have the ability to be empathetic we have the ability to kind of i could feel like if you get hit in the face i could be like nah, looks like it fucking hurt mm-hmm. you know i can't understand how anybody could judge someone by the color of their skin i just don't 
get it. And I grew up in a neighborhood, thank God, that was so diverse. You know, that I had Latino friends. I had, I had black friends. I had Asian friends. My football team was, you know, the, it was the, the flags of the world, man. Like, and these are guys that I traveled with. I showered with. Yes, we showered. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we lived like those were my boys. Mm-hmm. And I never looked at someone like, well, this is my white family. This is my black family. All my cousins on my dad's side are black. I have more black low blinders than I have white. I never saw them. Yeah, it's funny. I, I do make jokes. My black cousin. Because <laughs> they look like my, my cousin David looks like me. Yeah. With black face. It's wow. fucking crazy. And he acts like me too. It's great. <laughs> it's like, he's like the black Mark. Yeah. But I never saw anybody. I never looked at anybody differently. And if you look at kids, you put them in a playground. I don't give a fuck. They play. It's like, they don't even know what they are. My daughter didn't realize till she was like eight. That hey, um, we look a little different. I'm like, yeah, we all look different. Okay, cool. That was it. Yeah, kids don't. Kids aren't racist. That's a learned thing. Mm-hmm. That's something that's taught. Bigotry is taught, yep. and that's why we can't go on around the world thinking everybody's. I don't. I think most people think like me. I think most Americans think like me. I I, I think we do. I think most countries think like me. I've been to Australia. I've been to the UK. I've been to Brazil. I've been all over, man. I, I don't Canada. I mean. I don't think people are inherently racist. I think that's driven us by the media. I think there are racists. I think they exist. I think there is racism, but I don't think it's, it's not something that, it's not something that I think should consume us. I mean, there are some things, some injustices we need to address Mm -hmm. on many sides, but at the end of the day, man, yeah, I can't empathize with ignorance and I don't think we should give them the time. I think we all have an opportunity to get out in America. It might be harder for some groups. It was harder for me. I didn't have anybody to pay for me. Like my kids have all the greatest trainers in the world, the best equipment, fucking $200 soccer cleats, like three pairs. I had big five sporting goods, man. I had a $30 pair of Nikes, you know, like the sale clearance item, like a size too small because they're out of 10 and a half, you know, but we all have our obstacles and there might be systemic racism. I don't know. I don't know the system. I can't even figure out where we're locked down right now. You want me to explain systemic racism? But at the end of the day, I know a lot of people of a lot of different backgrounds with a lot of different skin tones, a lot of different voices, a lot of different accents who are either crushing it or not. And the thing that separates them is this. Mm-hmm. So whether systemic race, okay, there's systemic racism. Okay. Well, fuck it. Beat it. Like, oh man, I can't, man. Mom is a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Nothing I can do about that. I, you, I can't control being white. I knew, look, Here's systemic racism, and I don't want to. I don't want to, for the least bit, downplay the his the historical slavery and all the bad shit America did, which is t- America did some bad shit. But look, man, when I was trying to get into college, they weren't accepting whites. That's pretty systemically racist, wouldn't you agree? So yeah. what I do? I learn how to play football <laughs> because it was my way around mm-hmm. that shit. Start your own business. You know, I mean, there's so many. There's minority business loans. I mean, there's, there's a lot of avenues. There's a lot of avenues. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm, I'm not going to stand here with my white privilege, whatever the fuck that is. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that systemic racism doesn't exist. I don't know. Nobody knows because it's systemic. <laughs> like, but like on an individual level, there's nothing anybody else can do but try to work past whatever blocks might know, be in your way. We we'll, we'll have, we'll have our blocks. You know, what I feel sorry for. I feel sorry for rich people. Like my, like think about, think about our kids. Our kids have everything. They don't have to do anything. 
They know that we're, we're like, hey, man, if, if you don't do this, I'm no, you're not. You're not going to kick your kids out of the house. Shut up. I'm not doing it. It's all hot air. They hopefully don't listen to this, you know, but it's all hot air. I'm going to love them no matter what. And if they mm-hmm. need a house, they fall on their face. I'm going to let them in. I'm going to let them live in the house till they're 30 if they want to. I say I won't, but I will. I didn't have that, dude. At 17, I was the F out of the house. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for the kids who don't have that. That's where you see these Antifa punks run around. They're all a bunch of rich white kids. Like, they don't have that. Where if they fail, if they spend every night rioting and burning shit down, mommy's going to bail them out of prison. You know, I didn't have that. Mm. So, yeah, there is a benefit to struggle. There's a benefit to it. So I feel bad for the friggin', you know, white bread, you know, kid who has spoon in his mouth, who doesn't have to worry about adversity. Adversity creates strength. Sorry. Yeah, yeah forces, forces creativity. Uh, why don't you just kind of also wrap it up and just kind of uh, tell people where they can get your, your outright bars because those things are freaking <laughs> unreal. Things are and freaking Sima, amazing. Yeah, and Seema almost died eating God. them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, tell people where they can find you and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I'm on YouTube as well. I have the Tiger Fitness and we'll have a lot of content from this weekend up here. Um, so tigerfitness.com, MTS Nutrition's mine. Um, we also have the Outright Bar. It's, of course, the Tiger Fitness. We're also the number one bar at Vitamin Shop. And uh, we should be widespread by hopefully March of next year in Target. So yeah. um, available at some gas stations. Hard wow. to figure out which ones. But things are going well. So that's where we're at. But other than that, you can follow me on social media, at Mark Lobliner, pretty much everywhere else but YouTube. Awesome. Man, do you want to take us on out of here? Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Uh, if you guys are as fired up as Mark is on this podcast, uh, please share this with a friend. I know you know somebody that you've probably been going back and forth, especially about masks. So please share this episode with them. Uh, please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram. Tag us if you guys like today's conversation and also on uh, Twitter at MB Power Project. My Instagram is at I am Andrew Z. And Seema, where are you at? And Sima Yin Yang on Instagram and YouTube at Sima Yin Yang on Twitter. Mark. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch y'all later.